Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate Matson. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, and this week, of course, I am joined by my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Archie Mitchell. What's up? How is it going out there tonight, gents? Uh, I'll Cold. Just, well, ninety percent of the snow went away, so that's good for now. I'm happy it went away for you guys. It's still here for me. Yeah, yeah. Did you get the uh, the um, feet of snow there where yeah. you're at, Arch? Uh, we got four inches, but then by the time they plowed, now I have a wall of snow in front of my house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they never plowed my backyard, which was great because so now my car is just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, and then today we woke up and it was flurry. There were flurries until like two o'clock, but it didn't stick. So my daughter had this. We had got her a new car earlier this year and she had, you know, her hoopty car still. And three, four people willing to buy it. She never sold it because she procrastinates about everything. Okay. So and I had pushed it around the back of the house because I didn't want the hunk of junk sitting in the front of the house. So I pushed it around the back of the house in the driveway in my parking spot. Anyway, long story short, I decided, well, since you're not going to sell it, I'm going to sell it for you and I'm going to keep the money. So I have a guy <laughs> I know I sold it to him, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I was like, I need to get, you need, we need to get that car out of my parking spot before winter hits because <laughs> I am not having my car sh- you right. know, sh- uh, plowed in and I can't get out from the front of the house. Before we, what? Or sideswiped. That's or happened. Side-swiped. That happens, yes. that happens right. like once a year to somebody. <laughs> Before we went on the air, we were talking about wrestling video games, and uh, Aaron mentioned that his favorite wrestling video game of all time is No Mercy, WWF No Mercy from the Nintendo 64, which, of course, obviously, I owned, we all owned it, Aaron and I played the shit out of it. Now, if it's not not you people out there listening's favorite wrestling game, you're wrong. You're wrong, I agree. (laughs) But I wanted Aaron to tell the story on the air of the rib he pulled on me with the WWF No Mercy <laughs> game. Archie, you're going to love this. Okay, this is probably ahead. back in 2000 and, fuck, what, 2002 or something? Uh, I think I was, uh, was I still, I might have just been out of school. So probably 2001, 2002. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> off, and Nate was at work, 
And I was like, man, what can I do to Nate? What can I do to Nate? So I popped in his cartridge of, of WWF No Mercy because Nate owned the game, and I just kind of glommed onto it. That's what little brothers do. Right. And I proceeded to take every my time out of my day for nothing. And I took – because that had the most intricate – create a wrestler thing you could ever do with it and you could you could you could edit every single wrestler on the game so yep. every single wrestler on the game by the time i was done had an afro <laughs> every single one. steve austin the rock vince mcmahon i come home from a long day of work wanting, to, wanting, wanting, wanting to play you know i come home from work wanting to play no mercy that night and turn it on everybody's got an afro <laughs> And the best part is, like, when you would edit them in the game, that's what they would look like on the video package yep. at the beginning yep. of the game. So he plops it in. Like, right, it's going to be awesome. And Steve, <laughs> on, I got, yeah, he goes, yeah, and he has a big afro and shit. <laughs> uh, I love a good rib. <laughs> he had to well, go back and change them all back. <laughs> We used to we used to play that game weekly at my house. My brother and I would call all our friends over, and we would do a No Mercy tournament every week. Mm-hmm. And it got down one week to me and him in the finals. And we're playing, and we didn't know that if you had all four con- controllers hooked up, that they could con- connect and bring in other wrestlers and then interfere in the match. Right. So we're, we're playing, me and him, we're like 35 minutes the match is going on. And all of a sudden, two other guys behind us grab controllers and bring out managers. And then they start digging in the crowd and throwing chairs in the ring a la ECW. And they're hitting us with them so the match can't finish. Absolute chaos. I rage quit and throw the remote down. He pins me and wins. And then the next thing I know, my foot went through the video game. (laughs) But you couldn't break. I didn't break it, obviously. But I just went, ha! And yeah. Like, Fuck. We really pissed them off, didn't we? Those and old vi- they- those old video game systems, man. You could throw them down a staircase and they wouldn't yep. break. The new ones, you sneeze on the fucking thing and it's got an error. <laughs> it's like Jesus. Right. Right. <laughs> well, this week's show, we are going to be talking about our top ten. This week is top ten least favorite slash worst angles of all time. I had fun making this list. I did too. And we are also going to do a a um, match review. Um, a couple of weeks ago in our Facebook group, I had put up a a post about you know making it making each other as fans a wrestling match mixtape, and a bunch of you guys, I appreciate it, commented on it enough of you where I decided, well, maybe for the next you know few shows, we'll take these matches that our our listeners have suggested, watch them, review them. This week's match was from our listener Tom Mallison, and it is. Lord Steven Regal and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Excellent suggestion, Tom. This match. Fantastic. In- yes. Incredible. Took place in Houston, Texas at the Astor Arena. Fall Brawl 1993. 6,000 in attendance. Um, the main event of the show was. Pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> uh, wasn't the main event the Sting. Sting and Davy Boy against the uh, the Vader and the Sid. Uh, well, maybe the I thought maybe the War Games because this is like the worst year for the War Games. Oh yeah, by far. What was the War Games this year? I didn't even. Yeah. I wasn't it the Nasty Boys and Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes versus Ming and Colonel Robert Parker and yeah, 
Yeah. Actually, hold on. I was wrong. No, 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 no. Hold on. The War Games match at this one was Sting, Davy Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster. Ah, okay. Against Sid Vicious, Vader, and Harlem Heat. And Harlem Heat. That's yeah. what this one was. Yeah. And and <laughs> Shockmaster ceased wearing the Stormtrooper helmet by this time and was now a um, handyman. Yes. <laughs> Good old Uncle Fred. A bumbling Uncle handyman. Yep. <laughs> like, what was shocking about a handyman? Not shitting, on the, not shitting on the worker, folks. Fred no, no, awesome. no, not at all. But this ninety-eight, uh, ninety-four was that nasty boys, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. they dragged Dusty out of retirement. It, 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 it's two, it's two bad years for the uh, for the war games. And the one in ninety-four was particularly bad because they were trying to push that as the main event because it was one of the shows Hogan didn't want to work. So, you know, you got that going for you. And I think Ming almost murdered Dusty in the middle of the ring during that match. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the closest almost murder in War Games match history is when Sid Vicious almost murders Brian Pillman. Pillman, yeah. yeah. With that powerbomb, Jesus. Yes. He powerbombs him and Dusty's on commentary just goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can't like, even that was, the, that was the realistic, I mean, not realistic, that was the real response. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure when he got to the back, Dusty probably told him the classic, don't do shit you don't know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do a power bomb in a cage that low? <laughs> yeah, stupid son of a bitch. So, yes, we're, our match we're talking about, though, is yeah. a good one. It's Lord Steven Regal and Ricky Steamboat, the world TV title that actually opens up this pay-per-view. Um, and this thing starts out hot. <laughs> well, the thing that I, I from like see you just said from top to bottom the match never left like there was always action. Mm-hmm. There weren't a lot of rest holds. There weren't a lot of oh we're just going to clamp down on each other and sit in the and, middle of the ring. And even when there were, it made and that's what I, one of my biggest points about this match is it made sense. These two guys right. are both awesome at selling the body part, selling the injury. Well, my favorite line that Jesse Ventura says, because I'll be honest, his commentary was a little dismal during the match. Like, he seemed bored almost. Mm-hmm. But he, like, William he Regal does a... was bored in WCW. Yeah. <laughs> uh, William Regal delivers a, a straight right hand. Ricky Steamboat delivers four back. And Jesse goes, oh, God, it's turning into a brawl. And Tony Giovanni says, Jesse, it's a, we're only two minutes in. Give it time. And he's you can't come back from a brawl and go into a scientific match, and then that's exactly what <laughs> exactly they what they do. Yes. <laughs> um, um, no, go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say that even though a butler can't be a sir, like that's not a thing. Um, the William Regal Sir William Act, if you want, I hate maybe you should call it an act, but you know what I mean, like the the presentation was always awesome. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I mean, Regal never lost anything, but I think he lost a little bit when they took uh, Dundee off of him. Yeah. Well, they, gave, they took away Dundee and they gave Bobby Eaton and uh, Taylor. Yeah. Tag but, team, you know? but I just think it worked so well. It did. It did. And not that Regal needed a manager or a mouthpiece or anything, but it just, I mean, you look at the finish of the match, it, it was perfect. The way it came down to, oh, Sir William helped him. You know what I mean? But the thing that I loved is from beginning to end of the match, Ricky was selling an injury because yes. Regal hit him with the umbrella during a Saturday night's main event. And 
he sold it through the he didn't like feigned it for like two minutes and then okay now he's gonna be normal. No, every move he did was painful. Mm-hmm. We don't get that in today's matches. And uh, Ricky's also on the short list of people that were um like ten times better in NWA WCW than when they were in the I agree. RWF. I agree. I also put in this in my notes in this match that uh this is the wrestling this him wrestling this match, this is the most heelish stuff I've ever seen Steamboat do in matches in a match. Um he always kind of wrestled straight babyface most of the time. Right. Uh, but he does he does like a playing possum spot in this match. He does uh well um, there's actually ahead. this crowd when I was first because see when I first turned the match on, I just brought up the pay-per-view on the network, skipped to the match, and started watching it. So I had no context of where this pay-per-view actually was right. until later in the match. They do say it's in Houston, but um, I thought they were in Philly because there's actually a, an audible steamboat sucks chant during yeah, the match. That, and then makes no sense. Other, is it, well, I mean, the fans are just probably getting riled up. Right. But there's, there's also a point where in the match they're chanting for Regal. But they're not chanting Regal. They're just like, Steve, 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 Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Steve, Steve, Steve. <laughs> now, see, to Nate's point, you mentioned Steamboat being heelish. Mm-hmm. Steamboat raked the eyes at one point. I think they were on the top rope and Regal was trying to do a suplex. He rakes the eyes and Tony Giovanni goes, he's showing resiliency to get out of that move. Jesse Ventura again looks at Tony and goes, so when Brian Pillman does that, it's it's a heel move. But when yeah. Ricky Steamboat does this, he's showing resiliency. And Tony Giovanni just says, well, it just depends on your point of view. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. Tony, no problem. Yeah. Okay, Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Obi-Wan. It's all about your point of view. Um, what I When you were bringing up the fact that this was like the most heelish you'd seen Steamboat work or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the reason I would think, and I'm not a wrestling expert or anything but the reason he probably did it was because he's going into the match hurt right mm-hmm. so it, 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 and as a wrestler was like you know what i'm already hurt this guy's a fucking chicken shit i'm gonna or you know what I'm, not chicken shit but you know what i mean like he's, right. like, he's, he's gonna cheat me so i might as well cheat him before he cheats me mm-hmm. everything it's a fantastic spot in here where regal pops up and gets Steamboat in a drop toe hold. That's great. Like I said, they both sell lots of actual wrestling in this match. No, okay. you know, none of it, not, not a lot of it's really flashy, but it's, it's realistic. Well, no, and, they went, they, they went flashy. Steamboat came off no, the top rope with a splash and, and, and Regal literally just kind of rolled through him, but didn't go for a pin. He just kind of like, he caught him, mm-hmm. took the brunt of the, and then just was like, whoops. And, even the, the announcers are like, wow, he actually countered that. He didn't take the full brunt of the, the move. Mm-hmm. And that, that, to me, is the mark of a good wrestler, if you could counter anything. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and Talking about the realism aspect of it, um, I've heard Steamboat say it, and then I've also heard Flair talk about it. Um, Steamboat used to watch, like, boxing films and see how people would stagger or react when they would that get hit sense. like with like a left uppercut or a right uppercut mm-hmm. and he just watched the human body like okay what's somebody naturally do when they get fucking cold cocked 
right. and he would just mimic that. Like, like that dude, man. That is. He doesn't get enough credit. I know he's in the Hall of Fame and people talk about him and stuff like that, but I don't think he gets talked about enough. But they mull over his career. I mean, you you look mm. at the people will only men- mention WrestleMania three or his matches with Flair. Steamboat worked with some of the best workers in the business: Rude, Rhodes, Wyndham, mm. and, and part Douglas, of it, you know, part, part of it's to his detriment. Like, like part of it yeah, is, yeah. in my opinion, Sting, uh, Steamboat's fault because he never really stayed anywhere along it. like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like when he went yeah. to, when he'd go work for vince he, he'd get he'd get butt hurt or whatever about something and leave and I, I i'm not knocking the guy i'm just saying i don't think no, he had right. a sustained run somewhere long enough after like right the expand like the vince mcmahon expansion steamboat never stayed anywhere long enough to just get if you that wanna, you know if you want to see some low-key Steam, not low key for its time when it happened, but low key stuff. I guess I would say with Steamboat that kind of gets glossed over from the history. Like Archie said, people talk about Steamboat and Savage, or people talk about Steamboat and Flair, and a lot of his other stuff gets glossed over. You know, he had fantastic matches with that I've watched recently. He had great matches in '84 with Wahoo McDaniel. Yes, he did. Um, watching those two work together is—it's as good as this. I mean, it's just so good. I was not, when I was a kid, obviously, by the time I became a, a wrestling fan of, of any note, other than just a little doofus watching Hulk Hogan on TV, um, I didn't know about, and I know we're getting off topic, but whatever. No, go um, I didn't know about, you know, all I knew of Wahoo McDaniel was he was this old pudgy guy that would show up on the NWA show once in a while. Right. Man, go back and watch Wahoo. What the fuck? What a worker. Oh, yeah. What a worker. Like, And then you think about the fact that you literally wouldn't have had the refined Ric Flair or Ricky Steamboat that you had without Wahoo McDaniel. Yep. And they both attributed him. They both say it's because Working with Wahoo is is what made Flair step up his game, you know. Um, But yeah, back to the match. Got off topic. Yeah. like I said, good job, sales, the good salesman here. Um, and then, uh, did you guys have anything else about the the works of the match before we go to the finish? Well, um, we put over a lot about Steamboat and what he does. Regal was never bad, never. And and I know that sounds silly. It's not even like a backhanded. Con- it's the guy was never bad. Like mm-hmm. even when he was like. 275 pounds, like a fat ass when he was on his drugs and shit. He wasn't even bad then. No, and you talked earlier about selling selling moves realistically or applying moves realistically. He's a master of that. And and I want to ask you guys this. Do you think, even though maybe he got his initial training in OVW back in the early 2000s, do you think maybe Randy Orton has had some ring time with, with William Regal? Oh, I'm sure of it. Because I'm sure I, I mean, Orton did. I'm sure Brock did. He, I'm sure everybody did. Just watching Orton, and people can say what they. I know I'm a bigger fan of Orton than a lot of people are. I don't know. There's a modern wrestler that is better at realistically selling anything than Randy Orton. He does an amazing job. Well, he's had. He's been in the ring. What fifteen? Almost twenty years. I mean, it mm-hmm. makes sense. And he, well, he also, I mean, but he had it in him early. Look at those yeah. those matches he had with Foley. 
Fuck. Right. Jesus. I heard this uh, match tonight was fire. Fire. It was, I haven't, I haven't was. seen it. I haven't seen the show. It's but. not, guys, it's not a cinematic match like we all thought it was going to be. It's a legit Inferno match like Undertaker Kane. Mm-hmm. And, but it's right up there with the first Undertaker Kane. It is not like the other ones they did with MVP. and it, It's good. <laughs> the whole pay-per-view is great. I, I suggest watching it because it is good. Um, but as far as Regal goes, I have that in my notes, Aaron. I liked Regal better in WCW than I did in WWE, WWF. Only because in WCW, they allowed him to be himself. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, Regal is it's the tale of two Regals, though, because I, I, WCW, they let him be more of the wrestler than he was. Right. But I think when he got to the WWF, well, yeah, the they WWF him let him be himself. Character. Right. No, I, agree I think the WWF let him be himself there because, like, like, WCW. He'd do little funny little Piccadilly type things in the ring and stuff like right. that. But WWF got him, and somebody was like, you know what? This is a funny motherfucker. You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. this guy's fucking funny. Let's do no, something. I agree. But you look, I mean, in WWE, yeah, he was the Intercontinental Champion. He was the King of the Ring. But they never really gave him an opportunity to be pushed as those things because he'd either lose it to a guy like Punk or they'd, you know, abandon the King of the Ring gimmick three months later or whatever. In WCW, he was the world television title for years. Oh, yeah, I know. And I get what you're saying. I'm just saying. Steamboat, and- Anderson, Dustin Rhodes all personified that title. So, and, and the thing that I loved about the Steamboat-Regal match here was that this wasn't the ending of the feud. Mm-hmm. By far, they were going to go on another three or four months until Regal went on to, to fight Johnny B. Bad and other guys. And then that's when he kind of got pushed out of the television title division when Johnny B. Bad won it. And they stuck him with Bobby Eaton and Dave Taylor. Was this before or after he did his stuff with Sabisco? I think this might have been before, he but I'm not there. quite sure. I love he, did the stuff with, he did the stuff with Zabisco in 94. Yeah. Okay. So this I love before. the Zabisco stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I did the too. Zabisco stuff. The Zabisco and I'm not a huge. Go ahead. I was say Zabisco beats him for the TV title, and I think that might be a, like a spring stampede or something like that. Right. As I become older, I've I every year that I get older, I appreciate Larry Zabisco more. See, now like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't appreciate him when I was younger, and now you know, as years go on, I, I seek out. I seek out oh, go ahead, sorry. I seek out Larry Zabisco stuff. Like he's just man. Archie, the greatest thing in the history of TNA, that entire company, is Zabisco's rivalry with Raven. It's it's ludicrous and it's fantastic. That see, see right there, <laughs> that's where we differ though. As a young fan, Larry Zabisco and Arn Anderson and the Dangerous Alliance was the shit for me. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, they're the best tag team. And then even when Larry got injured and they brought in Bobby Eaton, I was like, they're still a great three-man tag team. This is awesome. And as I got older, Larry began doing shoot interviews. And talking shit about everybody and their mother. And it was like, <laughs> wow, you've become a bitter old man, Larry. Like, <laughs> calm down. You were a, an attraction. You were a great wrestler. Be a, a legend. Don't be a bitter old man. And, and then he right. went to TNA. And then, like you said, with Raven, that actually made me chuckle. You're right. It was funny. It was great. <laughs> but then he left TNA. And he was like, those sons of bitches fired me. And, and, and Jim Cornette. I'm like, really? Again, Larry? You know? <laughs> In AWA, he helped Kurt Hennig. And he had like, went a bell or something like that. And somebody was like, Larry, 
Larry, did you do it for the money? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his response. Yeah. Why else would I have done it? Like, <laughs> the finish of this match, awesome Brilliant. Finish. Brilliant. Awesome finish. We get a, a really – some hot action going into the stretch. Steamboat skins the cat, and as he skins the cat – We crossed over something. Okay. He does a crossbody, okay? Mm-hmm. And when he does the crossbody, he rolls off because right. he can't get the pin because of the ribs, and Regal pushed him off. But when he finally does go get the pin – this motherfucker, he, this motherfucker had enough sense to not use <laughs> the, the arm with the bad ribs. The yeah, arm with the bad ribs. He didn't go for the leg hook, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. tried to like hook him with another. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he was like trying to hold down his arms. He put all his weight down on his shoulders, but it being William Regal, he pushed him off. But yeah, yeah, he was his psychology towards I'm injured. If I don't show I'm injured. It's going to look like crap. And he just mm-hmm. kept showing that he was injured. Steamboat's yeah. the pits in this match. It's great. <laughs> and then Steamboat skins the cat and gets hit in the tits <laughs> with a with an umbrella shot. It almost sounded real. Nate. Oh, I man. thought he really connected because it was like, just a whack. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow. I was watching it. And um, as I'm watching it, like literally in my head went, damn, he cracked that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> with the handle side, too. It wasn't with the umbrella side. It was with the handle side. And Regal's got the referee, and I don't know if anybody paid attention. Regal's on his ass in the middle of the ring like this with the referee, like, what? What am I doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't do anything, and then he just pinned Steve <laughs> But a great finish to a great match, and uh, I actually gave this match four out of five Jeff Farmer yeps. I agree with you. Four and a half. I agree. Four, four, Aaron gives uh, it four and a half. Tom Mallison, good suggestion. Definitely good suggestion. Better than my. You never do anything else for the rest of your life. At least you pick that good match for us. <laughs> yeah, Archie, we're never ever doing your suggestion. Why not? We have to we watch watched it. it we watched night. it once. Yeah, we watched it once, and that was enough. <laughs> but it's New York rules, bro. <laughs> bro, bro. So let me look here real quick. Just let me bring up. Oh, Aaron's gonna love this. Nathan Roberts will get our match for the week for next week from the post. He suggested Sting versus Diamond Dallas Page from April 26th of 1999. So that is the match we will watch so for next week's show for you, Nathan. Hold on. We're on we're almost at the tippy toes of New York Rules, bro. Almost, bro. Almost there. All right. It was the best of times. It was the, it worst, was the worst of times. <laughs> Shame on you, Nathan Roberts. I liked you before this. <laughs> but thank you, Tom me, Mallison. But thank you, Tom Mallison. But DDP, man. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe it'll be good. No. I remember this match. It was not good. <laughs> there was nothing redeeming about it. If I'm not mistaken, there was like four run-ins during this match. <laughs> well, we are going to find out next week. And, guys, right now I think we'll take our first break. And uh, when we return, we will do our top ten. Coming up, it is top ten least favorite slash worst angles of all time. And we'll be right back on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Woo! And, of course, I'll do All right, everyone, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, episode 117 of the show. 
And on this week's show, of course, like we said, we are doing worst or least favorite, however you want to put it, angles of all time. And uh, what's I that? Gonna, I was going to say, are we going to somebody's just going to do their whole list or are we going to bounce back and forth? No, we'll, we'll alternate like we normally do. All right. Before that, I want to do just a little shameless plugging here. First of all, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, Aaron. Why the fuck aren't you? Why the fuck aren't you? Right now, as a matter of fact, there's a U.S. title tur- or there's a U.S. champion tournament going on right now where Aaron's giving away free shit. I have a member drive going on where I'm willing to give away a uh, it's it's essentially a hundred and fifty dollar value Ring of Honor replica World Television Championship unit price <laughs> unit price <laughs> uh, inside joke and uh, and also coming to the group. Next year, in 2021, the deal is sealed. It's finalized. The ink is dry. Archie Mitchell's Trolley Trivia is coming to the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Facebook group. Yes, it is. Yes, More, it is. Opportunities. That? More well, opportunities for oh, free you've never, shit. You've never heard of Trolley Trivia? Is it like customized troll dolls? Yes, yes, <laughs> it, yes, it is. No, no. Oh, God. Uh, no, it is a, uh, it's a trivia show that I do. Uh, sort of like Weakest Link. Uh, not Weakest Link. Uh, who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And um, you get asked a question. You get told the answers. And you pick the right answer. If you're correct, you move on. And you got a chance to win free shit. Is it all wrestling related? No, I asked about Barbie and, and you know, 90210. <laughs> yes, it's about wrestling. Yes, it's wrestling related. <laughs> Me yes. in on this. <laughs> that will be coming to the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group as well in 2021. And so much more going on. And also, another shameless plug, Reliving the Extreme, a podcast that is uh, taking the world by storm with myself, Aaron, and ECW's Chad Austin as we are week to week chronologically reliving ECW. Man, this is fun stuff. Guys, if you're not listening to Nate, Aaron, and Chad, it's a learning experience if you didn't watch older ECW. I mean, we all know... 94, 95, 96, 97 ECW. But I listened to an episode and then I immediately went and looked for one of the wrestlers they talked about. And then I found a video about the weirdest things that happened in ECW before they were Extreme Championship Wrestling. (laughs) And then it was a guy named Rockin' Rebel who's banned from being named on the WWE Network or even in ECW videos. And I, I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. So because of reliving the extreme, I got I got learned in more things that I didn't know. And so. Chad's insights are fantastic. Without a doubt. Um, talking about, especially uh, in this period of time and, and as time goes on as well. But, I mean, he knew, I mean, literally, personally knew a lot of these guys, worked yep. with them. Um, he was, he was like, um, best friends with Axel Rotten. Um. It, it's just it's and it's been great having him along in the show you know right it's he is not only a worker but chad is also a wrestling fan like we are so right. you get we get deep into these con conversations about not just ecw but other territories like you got to go listen to the show folks i'm not going to spoil anything because i want you to have to go listen but there's a right. reason that i named this week's episode of the the reliving the extreme ep, uh, podcast community van 
There's a reason for that. And and let me tell you, it involves it involves a wormhole involving Paul Heyman and Terry Gordy. And there's all kind of shit. But it's Wild Man Sal. Wild Man Sal Belomo. It's crazy. But it's 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 a great show. It's been a fantastic experience doing it so far. And uh and it won't be really hard to like catch up either, guys. We're only like what fourteen episodes in. Mm-hmm. So if you want to start it at the beginning, it's not like you're gonna be like, you know, super behind. Mm-hmm. And each episode's only about between fifty minutes to an hour. And uh like I said, great show. Uh, I'm not tooting tooting my own horn like Arn Anderson, but toot toot. I think we're doing a great job. And yep. uh I'm really proud of it. Just like I'm proud well, of this thanks. show. Like you're gonna be off Christmas, just ignore your family and yeah. <laughs> put in your earbuds and listen to Reliving the Extreme. Relive the Extreme. I, I find myself listening to it um, when I'm customizing or when I go off from my walks to exercise because it it I could zone out just listening to you guys. But then Chad comes in with the first hand experience of what he was doing when that was going on and what he knew the backstage stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I go back and now and I watch older videos of older ECW and I see Terry Funk in a tuxedo interviewing people going, oh, wow. And it's like, wow, what the fuck was Terry <laughs> Funk doing? Why was that Terry Funk in 1993? You know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's just, it, it, you guys, it, it gives you a reason to watch older stuff if you're dissatisfied with the current product. Yes, and please do. I encourage everyone to, I mean, you know, obviously since we're going in chronological order and we always talk at the end of the show about which episode we're watching next week, you know which episode we're going to watch. Go right. back and watch it before before we do the show, and then as you're listening along, you can have your own commentary in your head. Right. Right. But definitely check out Reliving the Extreme. Archie, anything you want to shamelessly plug before we move into our top ten uh, here? I'll be honest with you. Uh, if you're not a member of the Asylum, Nerd Closet, We Can't Wrestle Podcast, or uh, World Championship Customs. You're missing out on the uh, virtual meet and greets. Mm-hmm. We just had Demolition on the show, yeah, yeah. which was fantastic. We have Dustin Rhodes coming up in February of 2021. Terry Reynolds, his ex-wife. Tori Wilson. Um, Tori Wilson was just announced tonight. Don Morocco's coming up. Lex Luger. Um, I mean, guys, that in itself is a reason to be a member of these groups, but if you like buying toys, if you like seeing old toys, if you like talking to people and making jokes, come on down because you're missing out on a mm-hmm. community that ends up growing into a family. I mean, re- before you realize it, really the real the 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 real the real talk here on Archie just mentioned it. We can't wrestle. Asylum World Championship Customs Nerd Closet. Told if you're one. in if you're in those four groups. We got you covered, man. Right. Everything. You right. want wrestling conversation. You want collectibles. You want, and with the nerd closet, it's not all wrestling. You know, it's if you're into Star right. Wars or what have you. I mean, just it's a fantastic group of communities, and I am very, very happy to be a part of it. And, uh, Can I ask them know. about the, the trolley trivia thing? Go ahead. <laughs> Go right ahead. Like, are we going to bring somebody on and they're like going to do it on the show? Yeah. Fucking um, A. I will, I will pick one night. And we'll go live with StreamYard, and I'll someone will come up, and Nate will be hosting, you know, hosting the StreamYard. I'll ask the questions if they want to phone a friend, they can bring somebody else onto StreamYard and ask them a question, and you know, it, it, like like who wants to be a millionaire? So yeah, I'd be like, uh, you could be the first guest. If well, you no, I don't even not not even the first guest. I just want to be like the 
the shitty co-host. You could. That's fine. Like heckle the guy. Can I? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, you could heckle the guy. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've done it before in the asylum and in we can't in um, World Championship Customs. Every show needs a every game show or whatever needs like a little co-host guy, man. Right, guy. I'll just stand off in the corner and just make fun of the guy if he gets it wrong. <laughs> what I want to do. See, now that's the funny part. We haven't, we've actually had a couple people make it to the ninth question and then lose. Mm. And it's like, I want these guys to win because I don't, it's free stuff. I, I want to give I wanna, it away. I want them to lose. <laughs> you know, one guy came on and he's like, wow, you're asking really hard questions. I'm like, dude, I asked you what the name of Kevin Sullivan's. Uh, group was in WCW. He's like, yeah, but I don't watch WCW. I'm like, well, then I, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yeah, not sorry. a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so now we roll into our top ten, and uh, I I want to say I have oh, it written as hated angles, and that you know worst you least, know? least favorite least hated. Favorite. Either way, we're, we're we're throwing some shade here. Crash bag angles. Yeah. Um, now I want to I want to be fair. I did not include anything over like the past 15 years because then I would, that would be my, like I could take AEW's first year and have my top 10. So I didn't, I didn't include, I didn't include anything from, uh, from probably the past 10 years at least. I guess I have, I have stuff that are current. I have current things, but I don't have current things, but I have things that have been in the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll let Aaron go first. Yes. Go right ahead, Mr. Uh, okay. Um, I'll just go with the first thing I wrote down, and it is, um, where is Cactus Jack? Uh-huh. I almost put it on my list, but I didn't. You didn't like that? Lost in Cleveland? No. Lost in Cleveland was terrible. <laughs> I, the, I, th- I thought it movie, was good. The movie sucked. <laughs> the humor was terrible. Like right off the bat, like the guy's like making fun of Rain Man and he's like eating Cheetos with a toothpick and he's like, Gotta watch Wapner and then he's like, Oh Jack, he's over there and it's some piece of shit guy doing like a, a Jack Nicholson impersonation playing basketball and, and it, it's just right off the bat you're like, This is this is lame and and and, and it, it brought a thought to my head about WCW. How many times did WCW just make fun of mentally ill people. <laughs> Quite a few. Norman the Lunatic, David Sullivan. Flair in the Asylum. The, the, yeah, Flair in the Asylum. This thing, they gave Hugh Morris, like, for a minute with uh, Misfits in Action, like a mentally challenged grandpa. Right. It's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> And, and the only person I can think of is, is Kevin Sullivan because he's the only guy that was like on the committee the entire time. So Kevin <laughs> Sullivan just likes making fun of mentally ill people. Say about you, Kevin Sullivan. I don't but, like the retads. <laughs> don't like the retads. But other than this thing just being dumb, a waste of money, um, and shittily made little videos, what it did was it completely knocked the legs out of something that started out as being one of the realistic <laughs> things that happened in wrestling at that time. That, that, well, that Vader, that Vader Cactus Jack feud 
was fucking they they had some bad ass fucking matches. They, they did. Found, they found a perfect guy for Vader. Vader like Bret Hart has talked about it. Vader hurt him all the time. But then Vader would be like, I'm so sorry. You know, like I didn't like, right. like Vader didn't know his own strength, is what Brett would say, and Sting had said the same thing and all this. But they found a guy that could fucking take it. Well, and right. that's that's what I was gonna say. This proves that at this time, maybe not now. And it's so funny because, and I don't want to get off. I don't. I do not want to get off with the rails, so I won't. But I will say this: it is so funny that there is literally. It's like there's two Vince McMahon's because we have we have Vince McMahon pre 2010 and Vince McMahon post 2010. That's what I was going to say, though. This proves to you the difference between the clusterfuck that was WCW and the genius that was Vince McMahon. Because to what you were saying, Aaron, WCW could have got out of Foley and Vader here what they got out of what WW, sorry, WWF got out of Taker and Foley. True. Because the True. WWF turned Foley into Taker's greatest rival. And WCW could have well done that with Vader with Foley. Instead, they did this. They did the when they had their when they had their match that was violent. They did the whole pan out and just show the crowd shit where we didn't get to see any of the cool stuff. Aaron's right. completely right. They dropped the ball with Vader. No, and they Foley. did. I, I agree. I agree. I just I don't know the vignettes for some reason were funny to me. Oh, uh, they, they were when trash. They, when they finally found him, he's like, "I'm a sea captain." And no, you're you're. Cactus Jack. No, I'm a sea cat. I'm like, okay, great. You know, but I was young. I was stupid. What lost in Cleveland. Something was definitely lost in translation. <laughs> so, anything else on that, guys? Not Just, for me. It was trash. <laughs> <laughs> Archie, you get to go next. Um, the first thing I wrote down was from TNA. Um, I have a few things from them on my list, actually, but... Um, I, I, I've mentioned this before on the show. I'm not a very big fan of MVP. And when he went to TNA, I thought it was just horrible. But the group that he spawned when he got there was bad, bad, bad. You have the to beat, refresh my memory. The Beatdown Clan. It was him, Samoa Joe, Low Key, and Homicide. God, this is so bad. I don't even remember it. Right. <laughs> And and like he he just he tried to steal the world heavyweight title because he couldn't beat of all people Eric Young, and it just their their promos were really bad. Picture the hurt business, but like thirty five percent more sucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's saying ba- a bad thing for something that had Samoa Joe and Homicide and Low Key in it. Mm-hmm. Three actually excellent wrestlers. What year was this? It was like two thousand and four. Oh wow. You know, okay. and then they went to Europe, and then that's when Drew McIntyre debuted. McIntyre mm-hmm. comes in through the crowd with a pipe and hits low key as hard as he can over the head with a lead pipe, splits low key down the forehead, and now low key is gushing blood. And instead of panning away, the cameraman's right on low key's face, and this is all you see low key say Who the fuck is that motherfucker, and why did he try to kill me? <laughs> And he literally goes to the ring to beat the shit out of Drew McIntyre, not knowing who he is, thinking it was a fan. So, in my opinion, it was just a shitty all-around feud that did nothing for nobody. Mm-hmm. 
MVP and was gone like I've three months later. Never even heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so well, I'm totally gonna agree with you on that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're even talking about. It was abysmal. <laughs> it was abysmal. The only good thing that came out of it was Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards, the American Wolves, signed with TNA because of it. That was the only good thing that came out of it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you are right. <laughs> Go back and look for it. Just type in beatdown clan. I promise you won't be I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> Well, all right, Nate, you're up. What I'm sure will be a a trend in the in this uh, list in all of our lists at some point. I'm going to say this uh, first one that I have, <clears throat> bro, bro. I got an idea, bro. Um, it's a Vince Russo debacle. That is when the WWF tried to, I don't know if the word's capitalize or what it is, on Road Warrior Hawk's personal demons. Ah. Um, you have the Road Warriors. I almost put that on my list. I honestly got did. I'll tell you why when you're done, why I didn't, but go ahead. The Road Warriors, one of the most badass tag teams of all time. There's only one way to use the Road Warriors, and that is not to humanize them. Right. Humanizing the Road Warriors is a terrible idea. And this entire thing from beginning to end is a boring, pointless nightmare. That is horrifying. It's also um, classless. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say it's classless is. Because it like say they want to do an angle and they say oh this guy's like a drunk or something like that like I know we were talking about like AEW like um like uh, the the fucking cowboy guy what's his name Adam Page Adam mm-hmm. they have him drink and stuff like that you know but you don't ever hear about the guy actually having like I'm sure he likes to drink right yeah but, but he doesn't yeah but, you don't but hear he's, he, you don't hear about him like passing out in hotel rooms and shit right. like that. Mm-hmm. Like pass it out in his plate of spaghetti. Fucking Hawk had that problem. Yeah, and that's what they just brought on the TV. It, it, you know what I mean? Like that's what I didn't like about it. Yeah, and it, and it was all to and, push Darren Drozdov. And, and you, you didn't know it at the time, but you look back on it with now knowledge. That guy was fucked up, and yeah. maybe yeah. it shouldn't have been on fucking TV. Maybe you guys should have said, "Hey, Hawk, you got a problem." Mm-hmm. Let's get you some help. Instead, right. they were like, "Hey, Hawk, you got a problem. Let's, Let's humiliate you on. Let's humiliate you on. Right. Hey, Hawk, yeah. climb to Titan Tron, and we're gonna let Darren Drozdov push you off of it. Oh, so it's just, it's just I, awful. And I, and like, when, I, when I watch the shows from that era, I mm-hmm. skip this shit because I don't even want to watch it. And I guarantee that Hawk wasn't fucked up while he was on TV. Right. No, exactly. But they were like, "Hey, let." They were making him go out there and act like that, and it was bullshit. There was some, there was like a couple funny. The, there was a couple funny lines that Hawk got in there when he was like doing like commentary stuff, but other than that, it was it. Yeah, it was it was pointless. It was senseless, and it was tasteful. And if anybody who was watching at the time was maybe having a, a drug or alcohol problem, they thought it was okay. You know, it kind of it made like you mentioned making fun of mentally challenged people. Well, you're making fun of somebody with a with a problem. 
Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh well, the WWE's making fun of them. I guess they don't like me either. Well, and you know? that's the thing about events events about Vince Russo style booking too is you could you could theoretically do a story with a wrestler who has an addiction of some kind or who right. has a vice of some kind, and in the end, they they're triumphant. In the end, they recover. In the they end, did. they overcome. But the way Vince Russo tells stories. No, it's let's talk about the ugly part. Let's it's all ugly. Yes. There's no happy ending unless he's winning the world title. Yeah. So I think this this shit on the legacy of the Road Warriors it was bad. It helped nothing. It was complete garbage. You know, what the thing that bothered me about it the most was is when Draz pushes Hawk off the Titantron, they made it look like he was pushing him too. Shouldn't the idea have been that he was trying to save Hawk so he didn't look like he was the one who caused him to be a drug addict? That's what ultimately came out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was all draws. He's the drug addict. He's the drug dealer. He's the guy pushing beard out. So you're trying to kill him now. Yeah. You basically tried <laughs> to murder him instead of trying to help him. And then when when they finally reveal it was you, Draws. He's like, what, me? Yeah, me? you motherfucker. You just tried to throw me off tight, Draws. <laughs> so you stupid. know? And meanwhile, animals just sitting there going, "Come on, come on, Hawk, come on." Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, what's your uh, the next one? The next one on your list. The next one on my list. I'll kind of go out of order here because the next one was, uh, I believe, a um, it might have not been a Vince Russo gimmick. I don't know. Yeah, it was. So I'll go with I'll go with a non Russo era thing. Um, we're gonna go with. Katie Vick. And I have That's Katie Vick written down. Yes, yes, I have her on my list as well. Yep. I got the old Katie Vick on my list as well. It was fifth. I had it all the way at number one on mine. Oof. <laughs> I, I really hated that storyline. It the, was the main, bad. The main, the main thing is it was a it was a fucking storyline that was just and and people can tell me if they think I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. This was an entire storyline based off a really shitty punchline to a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, oh, fuck her brains out. And somebody's like, hey, that's funny. Right. And now to leave it into the story can I, of can I just say? Can I just say, that's good shit, pal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just fucking terrible. You know, I just actually like how the whole draws thing and whatever. I'm. I'm you you basically made Kane into a necrophiliac so you could unmask him. Couldn't we get the mask off of him some other way? You know, right. I'm sure if we would have yeah. asked real nicely, you would have just took the mask off. You <laughs> know, but no, let's make him fuck a dead body after he he killed her in a in a car accident. You know? Oh God, it's so bad. And then Shawn Michaels shit all over it a month later. And and on the, television. And the worst part about it is, like Aaron said, punchline. None of it's funny. None of it. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. None of it's funny. Like it's like you, you're attempting. This was the way. The way that I equate it, Katie Vick is Katie Vick. The storyline is essentially the the end of the Attitude Era. In that mm-hmm. we have we have we've done everything. Yes, we've done everything we've done we can do. Every right. goddamn thing we could do. <laughs> we've cut a guy's dick off, <laughs> but then said it was shrinkage. <laughs> Um, we made fun of people we, with addiction. We've made fun of people with addictions. The Undertaker tried up, to 
possessed Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, we we tried to fucking uh, do a live embalming. We've done. Um, um, there's something else on my list that will. So I don't want to. I don't want to mm-hmm. scoop my own heat. We we've done all these different things. What is the one thing we haven't done? Necrophilia. Nobody's <laughs> fucked a dead person. <laughs> You're right. Now, technically, though, if you go back to how the Kane and Undertaker storyline began to unfold, I believe Paul Bear mentioned something about sleeping with the Undertaker's mother when she was dead. So. No, exactly. He was alive because she. Oh cause he, no! Because he said he said one leg was in New York and the other, the other one was in California. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry Lawler's laughing along and shit. And that's great because Lawler does the thing, and, and then they come back and he's like, "I didn't know we were on TV." I'm very yeah, sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, really, really sorry. And then. Like thirty minutes later, they're commentating, and Undertaker just pops up, and Lawler's like, "Shit!" And then <laughs> Undertaker's piece of shit. Now we're getting into like great storylines. Right, Katie right. Vick. Katie Vick. <laughs> yeah, Archie. Just bad. Archie, what's next? My next one is one that I found as pointless as possible because it only led to Vince McMahon getting his head shaved, and it involves our current president of the United States. The Battle of the Billionaires? It is Donald Trump buying Monday Night Raw for one night only. Oh, yeah, that was tough. And he said he it was it it was involving somebody in wrestling that had no idea what he was about or anything. And like there was this there was a press conference they went to, and Donald Trump legitimately said, I'm bringing in my man. Leslie. Yep. <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. It did nothing for the for the company. It did nothing for that year's WrestleMania. As a matter of fact, um, most of and I'm not gonna say I don't I actually enjoy not not necessarily okay. I enjoy at WrestleMania twenty three. I think Lashley and Umaga had a badass match. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And without a doubt. Obviously, Vince is fantastic in getting his hair shaved. Yes. Because, um, I mean, you know, he's right up there with Regal as far as facial expressions. And, oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, overall, the usage, other than, other than, I guess I'll say anything after that mania, because I think the, the, the Trump buying WWE actually happened after mania. I think it happened that summer. Right. It was so bad, and it was pointless, and and it didn't it didn't do any. The only person it benefited was Trump, right? You know, it, it was for him bump, to didn't, promote. It didn't bump a rating. Yeah, it, it was for him you, to. It, it made us made me think that maybe they were going to have like a battle, like like Trump was going to be the GM of Raw, and Vince was going to stay on with SmackDown, like they did with the whole. It was Claire essentially Yeah, it was essentially just a way for Trump to to promote The Apprentice, right? I mean, on the WWE. And it, it's like you said, Nate. Sorry, I had to walk away for a second, but because I'm so upset about that angle. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Umaga and Lashley, like you said, had a fantastic match. Right. Two Vince, holes. Vince did a great job getting his head shaved. There could have been 20 different ways mm-hmm. that you could have got to that payoff. That payoff. Yeah, let's be honest. You could have just had Shane be the other guy. 
Yeah, it could have been so cold. Austin was the referee anyway. Yeah. Could have been Austin. You know what? This is gonna this is gonna be out of left field. Guess who it could have been? Who? It could have been Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yeah. Right. It didn't have to I'm be the million dollar, the billion dollar man now, man. Right. I'll fucking put in dividends or and all this shit that people <laughs> that are smarter than me talk about, and I'm a fucking billionaire, Ted, now. You know, yeah, yeah, like Trump added nothing. And then I also posted an article a long time ago that um, Batista claimed that Donald Trump wore a diaper during his. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know that, which is even greater because then now he's walking around the ring like. (laughs) 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 All right. So the next one on my list. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Aaron. Fucker. Do you remember? You motherfucker. Afros on No Mercy. Yes. You're going to make me scratch (laughs) it off my list. The Black Scorpion. God damn it. What a debacle. (laughs) Only only Anderson was like the go-to voice for every gimmick they had to get over with a voiceover. And this was his, he, he was like Vince Russo in this respect, because this is, was his plan with no fucking how it's going to end. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't, book a, he didn't black, book a guy under the mask. The Black Scorpion itself, like as an entity, isn't a bad idea. No. Yeah, mystery this guy coming back for vengeance. guy that's been waiting forever for Sting to finally, finally, like, you know, Beat Flair. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this to finally happen, and now it's happening. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna fucking get you. Okay, who's the guy? Uh, Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. We don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's Al Perez, and then Al Perez shows up, and they're like, "Hey, Al Perez." Um, Nate left. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll probably he's probably doing a dual uh, video. But Al Al Perez shows up. And 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 they're like, hey Al, you're gonna be the black scorpion. This is gonna this is gonna be the big thing for you, buddy. <laughs> and then they're like, but you're gonna have to lose. And he's like, I don't want to lose. And they're like, but you're what? Al Perez, right? Nobody knows who the hell you are. <laughs> and he's like, this is gonna hurt me. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. Nobody knows who you are. This is gonna <laughs> hurt. This is gonna hurt all the street cred I built up at GWF. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then they're like, "Oh, Angel of Death. We'll make it Angel of Death." And then Angel of Death's like, "I don't even know who I am." <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And 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 they do this whole rigmarole. And they uh, and they, I feel like I'm stepping all over you because you you brought it. No, up. no, go ahead. And, and they bring it all up. They do this whole thing to get all the way to the end, and they bring Flair out, and they're like, "Hey, let's bring out in a UFO in a UFO, in a UFO <laughs> the most recognizable person we have on our roster. The nose alone, the nose is going to protrude." Math. Everybody is gonna know that it's Ric Flair. Oh, oh, and let's not let him wear the same mask he's been wearing this whole time. Let's right. keep it red around the eyes and the mouth so it can show us exactly who it is. 
So then they rip the mask off of him. We find out it's Flair the whole time. With a haircut. With a haircut. And then it's over. And then for the rest of this man's career, we're never going to acknowledge the fact <laughs> right. that the nature boy, Ric Flair, knows black magic. <laughs> and, and how does somebody he never, he never in his entire rest of his career turned one of his opponents into a tiger or a monkey. That's the best anything. part. That's the best part. That's the best part. Like you would have thought Oh, Hogan's about to end my career. Alec and Sam, you're a chip. Never did it. Where did Rick Flair learn black? Papa Chango. <laughs> From Papa Chango. What I never understood was when, when, whole... when, when, when they brought in Norman Smiley. They were probably like, hey, we're bringing in black magic. And Ric Flair's like, I don't want to be the scorpion again. <laughs> what I never understood was this storyline was created because Flair and Jim Hurd were having an, uh, a falling out. And Hurd wanted him to be Spartacus and cut his hair and be different and whatever. And then when they rip off the mask, there's Ric Flair with a Spartacus hairdo. And it's like, so wait a minute. You decided this was the you better went halfway. Right. You went halfway. Right. You didn't want to go the full way, but you went to this part. That was it. You I'm know. just saying, the fact that Ric Flair knew black magic and never used it again. <laughs> right. why, why did he never enter in a UFO ever again? Yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't see one again until John Cena came out at the Royal Rumble in 2006. Right. Yeah. Flair's like, motherfuckers, so much give me. Some bitch. Woo. <laughs> you better not know magic, Cena. <laughs> but he does, because you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, shit. All right. So, All right, Aaron, follow that. <laughs> uh, no, Archie, it's your turn. <laughs> no, you no, no, I actually, after... no, it is Aaron's turn. I'll go again, though. I'll go again if you want. I'll, I, I just I'll let Archie go again because I just steamrolled over your fucking black <laughs> thing. Well, no, it was obviously it was on all of our lists. So <laughs> um, my the next on my list number eight is the Yeti mm. humping Hulkamania with the giant after <laughs> coming out of a block of ice wrapped in shitty toilet paper. <laughs> So I guess I guess technically I, I actually just... like that one because it was like the first time somebody actually fucked Hogan over. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll just go again and we'll knock this one out and then Aaron mm -hmm. can go because I'll just lump it in the Yeti. I have the Dungeon of Doom. It makes sense. The whole thing sense. on my list. See the whole the, fucking debacle. The, at least, <laughs> see, this is my my argument against the Dungeon of Doom, and I'm not. I, I agree with you. We've had we've shit on them a lot of times on this show, but so, at uh, least, deservedly, at least the Giant became WCW World Heavyweight Champion after the Dungeon of Doom, so it helped in his career. The Yeti went on to be a ninja, and then just was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to be a Seattle guy with Raven and call myself <laughs> Ron Reese." I'm a tall guy with a gun. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I mean? That's essentially what Ron Reese was, right. was a tall guy with a gun. With a gun. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, he broke. All right. Number one, he broke out of an ice, a giant iceberg. 
wrapped in toilet paper. They couldn't afford a monkey suit, a white monkey <laughs> suit. You know what I mean? A, a Yeti isn't a mummy. A mummy, it's, a mummy. like it's completely, <laughs> it's well, completely. Saying, yeah, a Yeti is like supposed to be a, like a monk, a, a, a big giant winter monkey or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's Bigfoot, but only white. You know what I mean? Hey, hold on, hold on. That's the name of the show. That's the name of the show. Big giant winter monkey. The name of the show. Big giant winter monkey. But you, I mean, who's a, all right? They get to the show. All right, so we're going to reveal the Yeti tonight. Yeah, for like three seconds. And then we're going to reveal them again. Mountain, 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 Mountain New Ants is going to steal that for their next Super Bowl. And I'll be Monkey Baby. But next one, they're going to have Winter Monkey Baby. Big Winter, winter Monkey, monkey baby. baby. Big Giant Winter Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember Jack like beef jerky messing with Sashwatch? No, but I mean the, the Dungeon of Doom. Why did we never see the master again after well and I was just about know? to say the only good thing about the Dungeon of Doom angle is getting to watch uh um Curtis Iakea cut promos, even if they were goofy. Right. Sullivan, my son. I, I like I liked I liked Kevin. He was crazy. Like when he was like standing upside down, he's like, "Hey Hulk Hogan, the Dungeon of Doom still live with your posies, but they've expired." <laughs> no one ever said it was gonna be easy. See, like I don't, I don't hate the Dungeon of Doom. I no, do. neither do I. Everybody shows up in their wrestling tights. Just they just show up at this fucking like, <laughs> like seriously, like they're at the wrestling arena, and then all of a sudden they're all just. At this iceberg, fucking you know talking and shit. It's stupid. It's so fucking stupid. You know what the dungeon is? So stupid. It's dumb. You know what the dungeon of doom was? Public access. It's ridiculous. You know what it was for me? You know what it really was for me? It was a gimmick at the time that it was happening that I disliked. But the older I've gotten, I've been like, you know what? This isn't as bad as what they're doing now. No, it's not as bad. As no, it's not. So I, 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 it's like I almost look at it and be like, you know what? I wish they would. How do I want to say? Like, do you know what I'm I'll put it in perspective for you. Okay. Like Kevin Sullivan's, a, like Kevin Sullivan to me is how you were talking about Larry Zabisco. He was a mm-hmm. guy I didn't appreciate when I was younger, but the mm-hmm. older I right. got, like Kevin Sullivan was kind of the shit. But here's like Kevin. here's how I will give you credit on that and put <clears throat> put it in perspective. If I were to sit down right now, or like I did last night, and watch AEW, which is a two-hour show, Dungeon of Doom and the fucking Dark Order. AEW is a two. Dynamite is a two-hour show. I I never watch any modern wrestling live other than pay-per-views. Okay, AEW Dynamite is a two-hour show. When I'm done watching it, I have watched that show for possibly forty minutes at the most. Because I fast forward through tons of it because it's hot garbage. Every match is twenty five fucking minutes. Even the jobber matches, it doesn't. It's it's stupid. I can sit down and watch a WCW show from ninety five and go, man, this is awful. But I don't fast forward it. I'm still intrigued. Right. I'm right. still watching because you get the crazy ass Dungeon of Doom, but then they and it's wrestling. It's fucking and wrestling. wrestling. And, and then they pepper it with a little bit of 
cruiserweight action, and then you're going to get some William Regal beating the shit out of Finley, and Finley beating the shit out of William Regal. Right. But we're getting off on a different... Aaron, what's next on your list? We, the we... next thing... Okay. The next thing on my list is... Um, and this is where I said I, I'm pretty sure this was a Vince Rousseau-era gimmick or angle. It is um, Chaz as a domestic abuser. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty bad. But even the lead up to it, like the, the what it was before that wasn't gonna be good either. Little Beaver Cleavage, that was not gonna end well either. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that was it, it was a and this is gonna be a quick one for me. It was one of the like four topics that you shouldn't bring into professional wrestling. I agree. This I was agree. A, a this is tasteless and Unnecessary. Yep, absolutely. Um, I agree with you, and the fact that it ended up being that she was lying about it after all that because they found out from you know Thrasher coming back and saving his partner was even worse. Because okay, so you mean to tell me that she was you know? I can, was, gar- I, 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 I can guarantee you the reason they came up and said that oh that, that she was lying the entire time was because USA Network was like, what the fuck? Right, what did you do here? <laughs> what did you do here? You stopped this now. Now. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, she was lying. It never really happened. Right. Yeah. Bad stuff, though. Super bad, bad stuff. Um, Go ahead, Nate. I thought you were next. Oh, I figured since we lumped ours together. All right, fine. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I might catch some heat from this from some of our listeners or one of you guys, but something that I think was the downfall of WCW, and I hated that it had to happen, and the angle, um, the finger poke of doom is on my list, because the NWO was fine as two separate factions, being the red and white, and the, the red and white, and the black, red and black, and white and black, uh, when they decided to make it the finger poke of doom, and a, this was all a ruse just to get the belt back on Hulk Hogan, and you know, Mm-hmm. It just it just didn't do anything, and then the fact that you shit on WWF as this was going on made it even worse because you lost your fans. Everybody turned the channel now and went to WWF, and then you presented this bullshit, which was all to placate Hulk Hogan again and stroke his ego a little more. Yeah, it's yeah, the the finger poke of doom happened because they tried to do the red and black and the white and black, and then the red and black got over. More than the light and black, and Hogan was like, "Well, shit, I need to be red and black now." Right, but they could have gotten to Hogan doing that without having to ruin Goldberg. Why not? I, mean, I, I was just, you know, no, I know what you're on why that happened. To be, Hogan wanted to be cool again and be in with the in crowd. I get it, but I mean, if you were going to put the belt on Nash for the first time in WCW, ripping it off of him, then putting it back on Hogan one night later was, and then you know, and then again. Domestic domestic abuse was Elizabeth saying, "Oh, Goldberg hit me," and mm-hmm. Goldberg got arrested, so he wouldn't be at the. It's like, why? Why did this need to happen? You know. Well, and not to mention, and I know that I know that there are people that will say that, and I I totally do not see the the comparison. There are people that literally compare. <clears throat> Degeneration X to the NWO, and I don't. Right. I never. I never saw that comparison. I thought that the Degeneration X and the NWO were two completely different things. Two different things. And that's a whole other thing. But not to mention the finger poke of doom 
is essentially a rehash of what Sean and Hunter did with the European. But that was for the European (coughs) European title. Right. There's a difference. You have your, literally your number one championship. Right. And you're gonna do you're gonna you do some bullshit like this, yeah? It's, it's garbage. It's not even the number one. It's the number one championship in all of wrestling. You're, you're the big right. gold belt, the belt that everyone mm-hmm. associates with since since 1918. This is the belt everybody knew. And oh, let's shit on it because Hulk Hogan is feeling like he's being dull and boring again. Well, not right. our fault, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. So the next one on my list is. A debacle that never needed to happen. Okay. It's the invasion storyline. And and here's why I say that. The whole thing all together? No. It is actually, though, possibly the biggest epic failure in wrestling history. The outcome, yes. I agree. And the reason I say that is you, you started out with what literally could have been the biggest story in pro wrestling history. Yep. And what you turned it into was a debacle. First of all, they didn't have the patience to wait. Right. They didn't have the patience to wait a year for contracts of say, I mean, all the guys that came in, Eric Bischoff, Ric Flair, Goldberg, et cetera, et cetera. Right. To come in and do the storyline the right way. Secondly, by the end of the invasion, almost everybody involved in it is a WWF guy. Right. Your biggest, you know the mean? biggest names on the invasion side are WWE World Heavyweight Champions. Yes, it's it's you know? it, it was they they just. I don't know that there's ever been a bigger ball. Rock Rock was the WCW champion. Right. Steve Austin. Was the WWE champion? Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying, like, I don't and know if ever a bigger ball drop. You know, and here's history. here's the the stupidity of it all. Okay, I could buy Austin joining the alliance because Austin had ties to WCW. Kurt Angle didn't. Tess didn't. Right. You know what I mean? If if Jericho would have switched sides, I'd be like, okay, well, Jericho was on Nitro. Jericho was a major part of WCW. Benoit. But, right. But those guys are fighting on the WWE side. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I mean, and you guys can elaborate on it, but like I said, to me, it's just, it's such an epic failure because it had, it's probably the story in the history of wrestling that had the most potential and then fell flat. Lost the biggest. Well, I mean, it it basically comes down to because, okay, the storyline started as Vince versus Shane. Okay, great. And you did it to build up WrestleMania. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But then now you're involving Paul Heyman, and then you're involving Stephanie McMahon. Now it's the McMahon feud again. It's not about mm-hmm. WCW anymore or ECW. And Triple H is out with an injury, so you don't have him on, on either side. You know what I mean? Right. It, it just it, it made it, it fell flat because they allowed it to fall flat. And I totally agree with that. Like I said, just again, I, I hate to I hate to beat a dead horse, but biggest ball drop to me in wrestling history. And uh, with that being said, let's take a break. We'll take a Man, little break. I'm gonna beat a horse. 
after this break. <laughs> because my storyline involves a horseman. Well, all right. Oh. All right. Well, everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back as we continue with our top 10 hated, worst, least liked, whatever the fuck we're calling it, angles <laughs> in pro wrestling history. We'll be right back with more. Suck a dick. <laughs> of the Weekend <laughs> Wrestle Podcast. Hey, this is a national treasure and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis. And just when you thought that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken, Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being, and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast as we are running down the worst angles or our personal top 10 worst angles of all time. And I think it's Aaron's turn. Yes. Yeah. Um. Mine, and it really pained me to put this on here because it involves two of my favorite performers of all time, and it is um, Kurt Hennig joins the Four Horsemen. Good one. Okay. And the reason is not for the concept of the angle itself. It was how it was... um, Executed? Executed. Because this angle should have been six months of an angle, but they did it in like a month. Mm-hmm. And like Hennig joins the horseman, and then by the pay-per-view, he's just he's in the NWO now. Right. 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 And and it, it had legs and it had you could have told a fucking compelling story in this whole thing. But they just they rushed it, and by the end of it, like Kurt, like in the in the feud, like Kurt cuts off, f- cuts up Flair's robe, but then he's just folding it up and giving it to Hulk Hogan. So now it's not even Kurt Hennig angle anymore. It just it becomes Hogan's angle. Right, and it went back it, to just, Hogan versus Flair. Yeah. This is exactly that is exactly what I was going to say. Was the reason this angle to me, I think you're right, and that's what I was going to intercede with, was it became not about Henning and Flair, but it became about... There was a storyline there. Yeah, but it became about Hogan. Hogan, 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 just consistently in WCW, for whatever reason, he essentially, you know, through the 80s, Hogan and Flair ran neck and neck. I mean, Hogan, Hogan was a bigger pop celebrity and et cetera, et cetera. But as far as wrestling goes, Hogan and Flair ran neck and neck for who's the biggest star of the 80s. And really, once Hogan got to WCW in the 90s, and I, I hate to hate a lot on Hogan because I, I do like Hulk Hogan, but he made it about settling old scores and making sure he came out as the guy at the end of history that was the number one guy ever. And, and instead like this angle, like I said, it had legs and it could have, instead of making 
Kurt Hennig, a major heel that they could have had in their company. Mm-hmm. By the time it was done, he was just another guy standing in the ring, leaning right. on the ropes, yeah. while Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan stroked each other off. Like, Kurt could have, like, <clears throat> this might be out of left field or whatever. Like, people talk about, like, when Brett went to the w, went to WCW and it was just, they bungled it, which they did. They bungled getting Kurt Hennig, too. Oh, like, sure. they, they got Kurt, and then Kurt was just, like, another guy, like, on their roster after, mm-hmm. after like three months. It, the only it, thing that helped Kurt was when Rick Rude came in, and those yeah, two were and, kind and, of playing off each other. But yeah, they're it, like you know, like I'm not knocking Kurt Hennig. No, not at all. And, and like when Kurt and Rude were like in the NWO, they were they were cool together and shit. But Kurt could have been so much more, and I they had it. this fucking angle that it it could have been a six month fucking angle, and they just yeah. fucked it up. Because Hogan got his fucking hands on it. Can't tell me he didn't. And he got Bischoff's ear on it. Because I, I doubt when they started the angle, they were like, oh, this is going to be, a, we're just going to wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, on this thing. And it it had so much fucking potential. It did. just fucked it you know, all. You know what angles like this prove in WCW in the 90s? Hulk Hogan and Dusty Rhodes had more in common that they would ever than they would ever admit. Oh yeah, because Dusty Rhodes used to do this shit. There would be an angle that was hot in Mid Atlantic or in 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 the NWA in the in the mid eighties, and Dusty would attach himself to it. Yep, out of nowhere, like the uh, um um oh, fuck um Jimmy Garvin. Go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say he put himself into the Garvin Flair feud. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. He put himself into the Garvin. Like, Dusty and Hogan are probably the two biggest politickers ever. I love them both, <laughs> you know, as performers or whatever. But from a politics standpoint, goddamn. <laughs> I, I love I Dusty. And I think the only the good thing about Dusty was at least he was doing it with you with a smile. And would be like, don't worry, we're gonna fix it. We'll make it good for don't you. Don't worry, too. baby. It'll be all right. We'll, in the end, we'll baby. fix it. But Hogan was just like, nope, I got creative control. Fuck you. You brother. know what I mean? It doesn't work for me, brother. It doesn't work for <laughs> me, brother. So I totally agree with you on that, Aaron. I do total too. missed opportunity. Um, I agree with me too. <laughs> Archie, what's next on your list? Well, if you guys didn't know what the beatdown clan was, then I doubt you're gonna know about this shitty storyline. Teaches, <laughs> brother. Uh, <laughs> TNA, Claire Lynch. Oh yeah, I know about. Claire oh, I know Lynch. that. Okay, uh, they brought her some in. meth the other day, Jay. Yeah, fucked, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And had that been where they went with the storyline, it would have been so much better than the way they went. But <laughs> you bring this woman in, like Aaron said, she looks like a meth head, and the the feel good storyline is. AJ and Dixie nursed her back to health to be a good mother to her children because she was on drugs. But then, oh, AJ must have slept with her. No, AJ never touched her. But then, AJ did touch me. And then, no, he didn't. What? What? And this is all going on while Aces and Eights is involved. Aces and Eights is somewhere in the company having a great storyline. But this is what you're wasting AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Kazarian on. For now, a, que- a question I have is, was this a Vince Rousseau story? No. This was a no. Dixie Carter 
produced story. She wanted AJ Styles to not be so wholesome because he was that good Christian boy from Mississippi and to be a, a, a little more rough around the edges. But he came out like the pitcher of health at the end of it all. He was the good guy. Mm-hmm. But then what drove him over the edge was Dixie finally turned on him too. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I just I, – and, I, and I, this is one of those things that I – over the years – I'm a bad wrestling fan when it comes to impact because I haven't watched it intently. Like you didn't miss much. You didn't. Yeah, miss much. I know. I know. <laughs> but I, I, and, but I remember seeing some of this and yeah. Um, didn't they even get Surge, her husband, involved in it? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. There is a meme that I die laughing from every Christmas. It's a picture of the Grinch, and it says. Maybe the Grinch would have been a better person if he didn't have an asshole commentating what kind of an asshole yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. You know, through the whole show. <laughs> yes, it's uh it's maybe the Grinch would have been a nicer guy if he didn't have constantly have some guy con- call, calling him a asshole. piece of shit. Yes, yeah. walking around singing about what a so piece of shit he is. Maybe this storyline would have went better if we didn't call AJ a homewrecker, a molester. Uh, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and actually let him do something. Meanwhile, AJ Styles is just sitting there going, "I didn't, do, I didn't do anything. I was at home with my wife. I have children. I didn't do anything." Which I'm going to say it like it is: AJ Styles in TNA was a bad actor. Yeah, he's not that much better in WWE, but at least he's grown. But in TNA, he was just like, "I'm just a Southern boy," and it was like, <laughs> "Okay, we get it." You know, <laughs> we get it. But what else do you? I can definitely attest to that being on a top 10 because it was pretty bad. What I remember about it. Now something, the next one I want to bring up probably the death of a territory. This angle probably caused the death of a territory. Lance Von Erich. What were they thinking? Everybody knew he wasn't a Von Erich. Yep. Didn't they try to, they, 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 they projected him as a, or projected it. Cousin. They, they portrayed him as a cousin. Yes. But he was like a ho, like a like a high school football star or whatever. In, in, the, in that town, yeah. Like, I, it was... It, and, I mean, let's be honest. Based on the deaths of his sons and stuff, like, uh, even, even over Paul Heyman, at the end of the day, Fritz might come out as like the shittiest human being the shittiest human yeah. being as a promoter just capitalizing on the deaths of his sons and such but yeah like i don't know if it's completely true okay because but people have said it um supposedly fritz von eric sold tickets to david von eric's funeral i have heard that as well oh god i've never heard that one before um, wow. Yeah, I have heard that as well. And he most definitely used the death of each of his sons as a way to pack in the reunion arena or right. Texas Memorial Stadium. Show. Yeah, right. it's. But yeah, the Lance Von Eric thing. Well, that shit the bed, buddy. I mean, like, what, like <laughs> one of the promoters went up to him like, Fritz, you're running out of sons. One went to the WWE. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one died, and you only got one left. What only one here? died. They all. No, 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 but I mean, when they brought Lance in, it was like, all right, two died. You got one in WWF. He doesn't want to come back, but he's on the verge of dying. What are we going to do here? Let me tell you something, Mercer. Give me one minute. Let's make a cousin, Mercer. 
by the grace of God, we'll have a. Yep. The other, That's the other the thing. Other, the other one's got fucking parts falling off of him. Right. You gotta do something. <laughs> <laughs> he walks outside into a crowded, crowded uh, parking lot. Anybody want to be about Eric? Sure. But yeah, definitely. Do you, both, do, do, do you got? Do you got? Do you got both your feet? <laughs> Hold on, let me check. Yeah, I do. <laughs> are you not? Are, are, are you not on the stuff? <laughs> no, sir. You will be. Oh, yeah, you're a runner. By the by the by the yeah by the end of this whole thing, not only the not only the wrestling world, but the one city that had always supported the Von Erichs turned on him. You know, it was just like this is horse shit. And, the Freebird, uh, the Freebirds became the face in that territory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Hayes was like, "Why are they cheering for us? What's going on?" But yeah, I mean, like Gary Gary Hart said that he was talking to people in line, and they were like, "The Von Erichs are liars." Mm-hmm. They're they're liars, and, and 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 Gary Hart, I think, like you know. In his time, kind of, um, you know, how do I want to say it? Um, embellished some things or whatever. But the time that I saw, like what I watched with Gary Hart talking about that, I don't think he was lying about that. No, and if, if you're if you're if you're talking about the pro wrestling business, which is predicated on lying to people, <laughs> and your and your fans are like, they're a bunch of liars. <laughs> you know, it's pretty bad. Uh, before we wrap up the Lance von Eric conversation, which, like I said, I mean, to be perfectly honest, you can't argue with the fact that it was probably the death of a territory, literally a business. No, without a doubt. Um, a, a funny line from the Wikipedia page of Lance von Eric that I found amusing. Because the von Eric surname was a registered trademark, Vaughn wrestled under the ring name fabulous lance <laughs> after leaving world class <laughs> it sounds like a porn star yeah. <laughs> and now appearing fabulous fabulous lance, lance. Now, <laughs> it's like rod rages yeah he became a, he became a uh, what was that fucking thing that buff bagwell did like the oh the gigolo the gigolo yeah, yeah. The, the, he was on that cowboys or us thing or whatever <laughs> now nate do you you aaron do you guys watch mlw at all uh, no, not since it not since it rebooted. No, okay. About nine months ago, before the pandemic started, are you in somebody fabulous land showed up? No, no, no. <laughs> it's part of it. The Von Erichs, David Von Erich's sons. Are oh yeah, I was company, watching then. Yeah, I was. Watching and they that. were and they were great. They're the tag champions, and they got into a um, feud with a guy named Tom Lawler, who's an ex MMA guy. Love so Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler is doing an exhibition in the ring, and he called. He's like, "We're going to bring out somebody just to prove that I can beat the Von Erichs." Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the son of Lance Von Erich. And this little guy comes out with curly blonde hair, no shoes on, and black tights, and he jumps in the ring, and Tom Lawler destroys him. And the <laughs> whole crowd is just laughing because he brought up the fact of Lance Von Erich. Yeah, and it's like, and even I'm I'm sitting there going, "Wow, really." 30 years later, we're going to do this? No time like the present. <laughs> so, Aaron, you're next. I'm next? Okay. Yeah, um, I'll ask you this, guys. I have... I have... Um, one, two... I have two WCW and three WWE 
WWE. You guys want a WCW or a WWE? Go with a WWE. Yeah. WWE. Um, Eddie's dead. Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio. Jr. Number one. Number one on my list. I it's not on my list, but I I, in, I inducted this angle into our Hall of Shame for a reason. This is the worst angle, the most shitty, pointless. It, it was it was the worst way to get heat. It was terrible, and I'm not blaming. I'm not at all blaming the workers. They're doing what they're told to do. Because I love Ray and I love Randy. This thing, uh, I'm getting passionate here, but that's why it's no, number one. Uh, um, uh, I knew you were going to have it on your list, Nate, but I really felt passionate about it too, and that's why I put it on. Because there's times where we make lists, and I'm like, eh, somebody might put this on there, so I don't do it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out because I kind of, I kind of buffaloed the Black Scorpion thing. So I'm gonna let Nate take the lead <laughs> on this. You have one of the greatest workers of all time. You have, and there is nothing wrong with taking Eddie's passing. This is pro wrestling, okay? Right, right. There is nothing wrong with taking Eddie's passing, just like they did with Carrie Von Erich, and we're going back to the world class. When David Von Erich passed, it was supposed to be David's world championship match against Ric Flair. David passes. That's unforeseeable. Right. So you give the match to Carrie, and, and you watch that that in in the arena with Flair and Von Erich, and it's great. It's great. It's great television, and it's, it's great pro wrestling. Yes. It's a feel-good moment. And this is exactly what Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton could have been. Nope. Instead, instead, yeah, exactly. Instead, instead of invoking the name of Eddie by saying, Rey Mysterio is dedicating this match to Eddie Guerrero. Boom, that's it. And then let let Randy be a heel against Ray and let him do the he- You literally, not months after the man's passing, have Randy come out and say he's in hell. And, well, it's low rider. Yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's one of the most pathetic things a wrestling company has ever done for Heat, ever. Pathetic. Yeah, it's pathetic. Like, um, this is gonna be like super random, but I was just watching like on YouTube. I was just watching like a bunch of just like Nate. You know, I told you I was watching the Sam Munchnik thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something popped up, and it was like a news, like a local news thing that Jim Cornette did okay mm-hmm. and and it was just like oh the life of Jim Cornette and like he shows up and there's parts where he's like kayfabe in it or whatever but they asked him about Magnum TA right and this was like right after not right after but Magnum had his accident and where he right. was just where he was just with Dusty you know mm-hmm. and Jim Cornette in that segment of that news thing goes, you know what? In professional wrestling, we all have people that we like, we have people we dislike. And in the ring, I didn't like Magnum TA, but you never want to see that happen to somebody else. Right. And, and, right. and that's what Jim said. He didn't say, oh, like, like 
he didn't go, I'm glad that happened to that guy. You, you, you know what I mean? But he didn't, he also didn't. He did what you should do. He acknowledged the tragedy, but he didn't abandon his gimmick. He said, yeah. I don't like the guy, but you don't want to see that happen to anybody. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. So I know that was kind of like out of left field. It's no. kind of different. But to me, it was it, it, it might be the most hideous thing that WWF ever did. I agree. And, you know, it's not the only time that they did it. I mean, okay, they did it with, with Orton. A little while later, Ray and Batista are a tag team, and then they're in a match together, and Ray causes Batista the match. Batista goes to beat the crap out of Ray, and Ray says, come on, Dave, remember Eddie. And Batista says, Eddie's dead, and you are too when I get done with you. And I'm like, like, so they just want to shit all over Eddie Guerrero? I mean, they, yeah. you know, <laughs> I know, I know, I'll be honest with you. Rey Mysterio getting the world title because Eddie Guerrero passed away, I always felt was a cheap move on their part as well. And they could have, you know, gotten the belt on Rey many other ways. But the whole Orton ordeal was really bad. And I can't imagine that Randy was gung-ho for it and was like, yeah, yeah, I want to say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm saying this. Yeah, we're, go we're going all out. No, I think Randy should have objected a little more. But, you know. He wouldn't be where he is today if he did. But yeah, Darren, I'm in total agreement on this one. All right. Oof. Shouldn't say I'm happy about it, but I'm <laughs> glad we agree on something. It, it, and and to put it in a modern perspective, guys, if you're not a if you're not a like old school wrestling fan, it's the equivalent of when they did the fucking bullshit with Reed. Yeah, yeah, with Paige and, and Charlotte. Yeah, that. Um, that that's yeah. like the the four things that I said you shouldn't talk about. That's or make an angle off of. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's one of them. Somebody dying is. Yeah, there's no reason to, if you yeah. if you if you're not going to be praising them or putting them over after they pass away, then don't mention them. Yeah. Total crap. <laughs> Total crap. Archie? Next on my list is one that I kind of debated putting on there, um, but it really was boring and crappy and did nothing for the feud. Um, and, I mean, the fans in attendance went dead silent when they did it. Uh, Lashley versus Sami Zayn, a.k.a. Lashley Sisters. Oh, well, when the that's actually... Um if you look on the internet, that's actually regarded as one of the worst right. wrestling angles of the, like the past 10 years. Right. And it didn't just stop at Lashley sisters. That feud went on for like a month and a half. And I still don't like Sami Zayn to this day, but for other reasons, he's just a really bad heel. I think he should only be a face, but that was a really bad switch of roles. Bobby should have been the heel there and the aggressor, and Sammy should have been the the the, the face there. I don't know what that is. How? I don't know what that is. You never saw it. <laughs> wow, he never saw it. You missed out on crap. Yeah. 
<laughs> you missed out, on, out crap. on crap. <laughs> it was bad. The whole arena was dead silent. The announcers didn't say a word. I mean, for Jerry Lawler not to crack a joke, you know that it's a bad storyline. Oh, yeah, <laughs> terrible. Did the sisters not have big titties? It was three men dressed up as women, and none of them were black. <laughs> and Bobby Lashley is an African-American. Well, I know who Bobby Lashley is. No, no, no. I'm saying just in case <laughs> our, our, the people at home don't. It was three guys dressed up as women, and I think one was Hispanic, one was white, and one was maybe black. I, I don't remember. One was uh, was a heavy set guy and two skinny guys. And they really didn't even say anything. It was just saying, so you're Bobby Lashley's sisters? Uh-huh. Okay. And what was it like growing up with Bobby? Oh, that's really great. And it just, it just carried on. And the Raw GM is clear, has now chimed in <laughs> to talk about what's going on. Which is another shitty angle. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, all right. Spoiler. That was me trying to go. Because that was going to be my next one on my list. It's, okay, go right ahead. Because <laughs> that's one on my list as well. The anonymous. I'm sorry, I couldn't elaborate more on Bobby Lashley's sisters because I have all. no idea what you're that fine. Is. You're fine. The, the anonymous is fine. The anonymous raw general manager. They didn't that's turn out so to be Hornswoggle. Potential. Yes. Who fucking cares? <laughs> it had so much potential. I guess. I mean, I. I at this point, at this point, we had already gone past general managers, or like we'd already gone past like the president of the company or the CEO of a company being the heel authority figure. Then we moved into general managers. Then we moved into what fucking celebrities like Seth Seth Green gets to be the general manager and wrestle. the only the only people that there's three people. That did a good job at being more than just like a um, like legitimate like boss of a company. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. Jack Tunney worked as president, right? Okay. Jim Crockett worked as being the the president of the NWA. And then once you get out of that, there's only like three people that worked. Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon worked. Okay. And I know I'm going to get a little bit of heat for saying this, but Eric Bischoff, for everything no. anybody wants to say about him, he was all the goddamn performer. Yeah. Fucking great performer and did a fantastic job when he was in WCW. And then when they did the commissioner thing fully. I'd even say and that Gorilla. Was Gorilla was good now, as acting president. Gorilla was too. good too, but but Gorilla was almost like the Tunny thing, where he was right. just yeah. And I, I'll even add to that list. Um, Bill Watson, Mid South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watson's but, good. But, but see, Bill was different. Because, uh, I shouldn't say he was different because I said Crockett was a president or whatever. But I'm talking like, yeah, okay, I'll give you Bill. Hmm. But this but anonymous, then, this anonymous raw general manager thing was, I mean, trash. yeah, it was trash. I mean the 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 only thing it did, the only thing the, the to be honest, the only thing the anonymous raw general manager did was add heat to Michael Cole's heel character. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and 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 the anonymous. Go ahead, Archie. Sorry, no, Arch. Go ahead. 
if it would have ended up being Michael Cole as the anonymous GM, I would have been fine with it. See if it would have been Cole hiding behind a computer all that time or, you know, something. To, it would have been fine. But we never got a, an ending. And then when they, they, they revealed it as Hornswoggle, it was just like, fuck you. We don't want to reveal who it was really supposed to be. For one thing, it should have been a guy named Mark. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Because he was a Mark. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, too, it was lazy fucking booking. Yeah, it was. Oh, this angle sucks. I hated when it would interrupt a match. Like, there'd be a great match going on. And all, the, the, the Raw General Manager says that this match sucks. And I'm thinking, wow, that's totally what Vince probably said on, mm-hmm. the, on the mic in their head. You know. Yeah, it was just so bad. I, I, I don't, it really I, was. I, and and I, other than, again, like I said, other than to use your, your authority figure for your entire show... And his entire goal is to heat up your heel commentator. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. Like it's just, and and I'm not, I'm not, ex- I'm not, I don't have as much hate for for Michael Cole as a lot of people do. What I think that I think that when he, first of all, to be honest, when he is allowed to be off the chain of Vince McMahon yelling in his ear. He is a really good play-by-play guy. And all you have to do to, to, to prove that is to watch those WWE UK pay-per-views from a couple of years ago. Right. Um, and it, has there been a play-by-play guy that's had a longer run now than Michael in the history of that company? No. No. But, Lawler. I think Lawler might be the only, you know. Yeah. and But his heel character was fine. It was what it was. Right. But to use your authority figure over your entire show to heat up that, to, essentially, that's the entire purpose of that gimmick is to heat up Michael Cole, right? And to and to not and like Aaron said, to be a lazy booker, <laughs> right? the The other thing that I feel bad about Michael Cole for is, like, say for like ten years, okay, ten years. Um, every single fucking night of your life, you get to go home with Jennifer Aniston. Uh-huh. Okay, ten years, you're just getting it on with Jennifer Aniston every fucking night. Uh-huh. And then, out of nowhere, Jen's gone. She ain't around no more, and. Hello, Janine Garofalo. <laughs> like, damn it. I mean, she's adequate, but she's not really Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> That's what happened to Michael Cole. For like 10 years, you got Jim Ross, and then all of a sudden, Michael Cole shows up. You're like, this isn't what I fucking signed up for. This is how you can tell this show is hosted by guys that grew up in the 90s. Yep. yep. Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston, Janine Garofalo, right. <laughs> Just saying. 
Is that a bad analogy? I don't think no, it's a bad no, analogy. No, no, it's not. It's not. All right, Aaron, you're up. You're up yes, next. You're up. All right. WCW or WWF? WWF. WWF. We're going to go with The Undertaker versus The Dudley Boys. Oh. Or as we call them, The Dudley. The Dudley. This thing made no fucking sense. It really didn't. It really didn't. Like, and, and the payoff is fucking um, Paul Bearer getting dumped into his fucking crypt, co- like his concrete tomb or whatever. For no reason. For no reason. And and I, it, it made, and from everything I understand, it was a Paul Heyman angle. I just mm-hmm. don't understand it. No, and, and the reason I put it on my list is I want one of you guys to explain it. There is no <laughs> explaining this. There is no explaining this. This was a, we have nothing for the Undertaker or the Dudley Boys to be doing right now. And Paul Heyman was, now see, if I would have been booking that feud, when Paul Heyman went after the Undertaker, I would have mentioned the backstory that they have, their time in WCW together. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't got to mention it by name. Oh, we were in WCW, but hey, I used to manage you. I know how you live and breathe. You're not a dead man. You're this, you're that, you're this. And then go from there. And then when when he's finally getting to beat the crap out of Paul Heyman, then you introduce the Dudleys. But the Dudleys just came out of left field and were like, no, we used to be in ECW, so we get to beat you up. You know, it was like, okay. Now what? And, and to that, Aaron, what I will say is the only way you're ever going to find out why this happened is if we can somehow, someday, land Polly on reliving the extreme. <laughs> right, yeah, we're gonna have. You might be getting. You might be better off getting him to explain if he ever paid all the wrestlers from ECW. Actually, before you know you what? I would expect that if I sent a message to Paul Heyman, he would respond, and he right. would tell us he was going to be on the show, and then he but would not show, show up. up. Right. <laughs> Are you that more, today? The only Polly we're gonna get on the the reliving the extreme is Polly. We might be able to get Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> or Polly Poundstone. <laughs> wow, Two so your Pounds, Poundstone. God damn, this is a '90s show. <laughs> she was only relevant for like six months in the '90s. Yeah. She was a big broad, though. <laughs> <laughs> sturdily built like a house. <laughs> and she liked to wear blazers with big shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> she screamed the 90s. Yeah. Or NPR. But <laughs> no, it was a bad like, like the, angle, no... it, the angle itself was just stupid and it made no sense. And like Paul's like, oh, um, like when they did that shit at the bash, it's like, why did Taker even pull the lever? Like, like, I don't understand. Well, I, that I, I've I never seen an entire angle where I'm just like, I don't understand. See, this is the part I understand. Anybody's actions in the entire thing. This is the ending is what I understood. This is the only part I think I understood. Correct me if I'm wrong or if you don't feel this the way it was supposed to go. The Undertaker felt that Paul him a uh, Paul Bearer was like a weak link. And if somebody got the pole bearer, they were automatically getting to the undertaker. 
So by him killing off the Paul Bearer character for the time being, he no longer had any weak spots to be hidden from. So that's why he says, Paul, I know what I have to do. And then he pulls the lever. So he but, said, so he said, Polly or Paul Bearer, you're the weakest link. Right. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Welcome to Trolley Tower or whatever you call it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to rework the name because Aaron just can't get over the name. <laughs> but no, I just, I like the whole thing just lost me. And I know I kind of ramble a little bit about it. It and, lost everybody. It lost everybody. Yeah, like, trust it, me. It, it's it's one of the most confusing, convoluted. I have no fucking idea what's going on in this angles that I've ever seen the WWF or WWE do. Agreed. No Agreed. To me. Agreed. Agreed. Like it's not a terrible angle. It's a confusing. It's confounding. Confusing. Right. <laughs> And I just have, like, I after I watched it, and I watched the whole thing play out, I told myself, I have no fucking idea what just happened. <laughs> like, you I'm know, not mad. Right. <laughs> you need answers. I'm not glad. <laughs> you need answers. I'm All just, right. I have no fucking idea what just I, happened. I can actually sum it up for you. It's the most... <laughs> It's the most befuddling <laughs> WWE angle ever. It's befuddling. <laughs> to use a word that Paul Heyman would probably even use, this sir like, will befuddle everyone. <laughs> it's like when you walk into like a public restroom and there's like shit on the wall <laughs> and the plunger is in the is in the toilet upside down. <laughs> And, and somebody wrote on the, like the handle sharpie. Up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> like how how how, how did we come to this? What, what what combination of Taco Bell and Buffalo Wild Wings did you and eat? Arby's <laughs> did we ingest? To come to this. Now, okay. Now, hold on. All right. The toilet is overflowing. You put the plunger in the wrong way and then proceed to wipe your hand with your, wipe your ass with your hand. And, oh, no. Wait, go to the wall. Oh, no. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. This is befuddling. God, I love this show. <laughs> you know, the uh, thing I have trouble with with angles like that, like Aaron was just saying, is I think six months later, The Undertaker teamed with the Dudley Boys. Yeah. So you went through that whole Whatever. Want to be best like, friends. Okay, let, let's 360 it. This, to me, is the Black Scorpion angle of the WWE. Right. Like, they went into it and they said, hey, we have this great idea. Let's have Paul Heyman have this super fucking power or this super secret over the Undertaker and we're kind of involved with Dudley Boys. And then they get to the end of it and they're like, what's the super secret with the Dudley Boys? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have no put, idea. Put I just Paul know we're going to put Paul Bearer in concrete. Right. <laughs> Paul, Paul Bear is sitting there like, I'm getting paid, right? Yeah. Okay, no problem. Do it, guys. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mission <laughs> is only <laughs> All these voice comes on over the loudspeaker. Paul Bear. Undertaker. 
do it, Undertaker. <laughs> Kill him. <laughs> Archie. And then, and then were... Paul Bear was back a year later. That was the Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Edge threw him in a deep freeze and then ran him over with a oh. truck. <laughs> like, after they put Paul Bear in the concrete, they were just like, yeah, that was funny. Let's figure out different ways to kill right. Paul Bear. Let's let's make Paul Bear the Kenny of WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Archie right. and White. Yeah, we can't kill him anymore. Right. Figure out what we're gonna do with fucking William Moody now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My number three on my list. Um, <laughs> um, Drunken Scott Hall in WCW. Kind of to the, kind of to the same. As as just like with Hawk, yeah, but it it was worse because he was actually wrestling, and Hawk wasn't really wrestling at the time. They let Hall get into the ring with a drink. He threw up on a few people. Uh, Kevin Nash even tried to get involved, and then he left TV, and then ended up in the mental institution with Ric Flair. Yeah, <laughs> it was all all so bad. It all comes back to the loony bin. To the loony bin. Right. <laughs> right. There's a trend forming here. Right. But we're the ones that need to be in the loony bin because we watched it in all like, oh, wow. Oh, they're going with this. All right, let's go. <laughs> but yeah, definitely another, like Aaron has said a couple of times in the show, just those things you don't address. Right. You know, and you don't, you don't mess Unless with it. You don't... All right. I watched a... Um, a promo between Eddie Guerrero and Brock Lesnar before Eddie beat Brock for the world title. And Brock gets in Eddie's face and tells him, you're an addict. You're a drug addict. You're an alcoholic. You, you're this, you're that. Eddie grabs the mic and delivers the most heartfelt promo I've ever heard from a wrestler and says, yes, I am an addict. I've been down on my luck. I've been a drug addict. I've put it in my arm. I've snorted it up my nose. I've drank until I was falling down into the gutter. I lost my wife, my children, but then I found a different thing to be addicted to. And he mentioned the WWE mm-hmm. fans and how they help him get over this. And he got his family back. That to me is helping. That's showing the good part of being an alcoholic and, or a drug addict. And, and see, we haven't brought and we haven't brought it up yet. And I'm, I'm not sure if Nate was going to get there with it. But um, I truly believe, Nate, are you back? Yeah. I truly believe that um, in 96, when Jake initially came back, I I think Jake dropped sober when he first came back. Right. I believe so, too. And I think he believed the shit that he was saying. Yeah. And then when he got back out on the road, he got fucked up again. Well, of course. It happens. And I think the guy regressed. So, like, say you got a Jake Snake Roberts in 96 sitting out on a lake saying, hey, guys, stop snorting shit up your nose right. and this, this, and this. That's fine. But don't take somebody out. And, and, and at that time, Vince McMahon and the WWF was like, this guy started out this way and he got all fucked up. And if you notice in 96, Jake starts out mid 96, you don't see Jake anymore. Right. right. Or if you do, he's fucked overweight up. again. He's not. Well, we gotta get rid of him. Right. 
like so that might have been a little no i agree there's positive ways to deal with that if you want to but if you're going to deal with it in the ugly way and making fun of it then why even do it exactly you know speaking of making fun of something yes inappropriately the next month the next one on my list is fucking oklahoma not funny. No, funny. not cute. It wasn't funny. It wasn't cute. It was fucking malicious. Yes. It was downright malicious. And and you know and in the time in the attitude era or the the Monday Night War era or whatever, many times things people were poked fun at or little jabs were taken or billionaire Ted or what have you. But I want I want to make a comparison. Okay. WW WCW did Oklahoma, which if they would have just done if they would have just done Ed Ferrara doing the Jim Ross like the Jim Ross catchphrases. Right. You know, slobber knocker and blah 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 blah. It still would have been stupid. But, but it, it probably wouldn't have made my list. Well, here's the thing, Nate. He actually did do a Jim Ross impression in WWF. Yeah. But not with the cerebral palsy face or making fun of that he had a stroke, you know? So you want to do it that way. That's fine. He did it in WWF. Now he's going to do it in WCW. No problem. Let him spill barbecue sauce on people like he was doing. Let him say slobber knocker over and over again. And and but, again, even though it's stupid, it's still stupid. Right. It's still pointless. But it's not but at least it's just a parody. Right. With the with the Oklahoma gimmick, you know, they went all in. They went all in with some fucking Bell's palsy and and disrespect. And and that's why I was going to say the attitude here. What I wanted to compare it to, the contrast and compare here. What WCW did with Oklahoma was disrespectful, mean spirited. Um unintelligent garbage. I agree. That's what I was going to say. With, oh, sorry. No, I, I was just going to pair it to, at this time, this kind of stuff was normal, but to compare it, to contrast it in a way, yes, the WWF had Gilberg. But in no way did the Gilbert the Gilbert parody was like a Weird Al parody of a song. Right, you took a skinny guy and made him into made him out yeah, the, they, the big guy that they had. You know, yeah, you were addressing your competition. You were kind of taking a little, you know, shitty poke at your competition. But you were in no way making fun of someone's handicap. Well, or in, disability. In, the, in that same regard, Aaron mentioned the Kurt Henning storyline. And something bad that came out of that as well, Kevin Nash redoing the whole Arn Anderson speech, which, which Arn didn't know that they were going to do that that night. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't just make fun of Arn Anderson as being Arn Anderson. He makes fun of him for having an arm that doesn't work anymore. Right. He makes fun of him for being an alcoholic because Arn drank beer. So what if Arn drank beer? Everybody drinks beer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you wanted to make fun of Arn Anderson and the Four Horsemen, fine. But you decided to make fun of a heartfelt speech that this man gave that he could no longer wrestle. So right. that was par for the course for WCW. It wasn't just make fun of the person 
for as who they are. It's let's make fun of everything wrong with them too, or everything that we deem wrong with them. Exactly. You know. But yeah, Oklahoma just a mean spirited bully yeah. by know. an asshole. Ed Ferrara and Vince Russo were assholes in the wrestling business that got lucky with a couple of ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, we, you know, I hear Jim Cornette always say this, Nate. And I'm sorry for cutting you off or anything no, like that. But no, not at all. Jim Cornette says Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara, when they came up with these ideas, they had Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and Triple H and The Undertaker to bounce them off of, and Vince McMahon's filter. When exactly. they got to WCW and they didn't have that talent anymore, they didn't know what to do. So it was just, let, let's put Judy Bagwell on a pole. Let's put Viagra on a pole. Let's put Chava Guerrero in a, with, a, with a mop and with a, with a you know a wooden pony. Mm-hmm. It, it was shit. Hot so, fucking garbage. Yeah. And Oklahoma just... Fuck you, damn. Oklahoma. This Aaron, you haven't, my, you haven't got to chime in on this one yet. This is my other thing. Like This wasn't on anybody the, else's list? No. No. Oh, wow. And, I forgot and, it existed. And, and, and part <laughs> of it... Part of it might be it wasn't on my list because it was something that was so classless and tasteless right? that I don't even want to think about it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But it's, it's attacking somebody that would not – I don't want to say it – I don't want to say like physically couldn't defend themselves, but does that make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah. But honestly, I think I think Jim Ross could have beat the crap out of Ed Ferrara if he would have been face to face with him. Yeah, that's that, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I like, think Jim Ross like, also like, probably no, no, takes. See, like, let me say this: like, I heard Archie bring it up that Ed Ferrara did the Jim Ross impersonation in the WWF, right? It, it it was filmed. He did it. But Jim, Jim Ross was there. Jim Ross was there, and all he did was make fun of his voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Came out in a black, make fun of his black outfit and a cowboy hat. Right. He didn't make fun of his ailments. Nope. Because Jim Ross would have been there to fucking defend himself. Yeah. Right. He waited until he got to another company. Right. And had states between them. Between them. Right. To make fun of that guy's fucking ailments. That's mm-hmm. boring. Right. I make fun of people. You know what I mean? Like, I joke around with people. I make right. lots of jokes and stuff. I would never, ever, like, make fun of somebody's ailments. No. Right. Mm, bullshit. And, and the fact that this guy had a wife, he had kids. Now they're gonna have to see it. His bullshit, right. right? And he knew he was doing it too. That's the whole thing of it. Yep. He knew he was going after him maliciously. He knew it wasn't for ratings. He knew it wasn't for a laugh. Because who who was gonna laugh at that? You know what I mean? Even the yeah. crowd was booing and throwing shit in the ring when he was doing it. Yeah, it was all fucking oh, pathetic. In, in typical Ferrara Russo fashion, he booked himself to a title while he was doing it. He became cruiserweight champion for a month. Mm-hmm. So. And, and his little fat pervy ass got to roll around with Medusa for the yep. title too. In yeah. barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a stupid fucking era that was. <laughs> New York rules, bro. <laughs> bro. 
Aaron, you're next, man. Oh, hold on. You go for, You go next. All right. I'll do my last one then. Actually, I'll let Archie do one. It's up to you guys. I'll do. No, I'll go, go. go ahead. I have one left, and I want to save it. My last one, because like I said, I had Katie Vick as number one. Um, it's a more current storyline that, thank God, just ended last month. But <laughs> it's still going on somewhat. Um, Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, a.k.a. the debuts of Aliyah and Dominic Mysterio. <clears throat> Um, the eye for an eye match was terrible. The whole Ray still having a patch on his eye is bad. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, he's still, they, they put his eye back in his head, but yet he's still wearing something over his eye. Okay, One of my great. favorite wrestlers of all time. But, and God see, damn this, it. <laughs> his daughter, his daughter doesn't know how to act. His son you guys could be mad at me if you want to. I've heard people get mad at me for saying Dominic Mysterio barely knows how to wrestle yet, and they're still pushing him to be this like idiot savant because his dad is Rey Mysterio. I see, I see, and I don't want to cut you off, Archie. No, 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 you're fine. But I see tons of potential down the road. Yes, I see tons of potential in Dominic, but I agree yes. with you. He needs another year. Right, working with Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Bill right. Demott, and yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. You know, they they put him in a tag team with Humberto Carrillo, and I was like, okay, good, let him be in a tag team with this guy because you know what, Humberto actually knows how to wrestle, so maybe he could teach him something, and it's not a bad idea. But then they mm-hmm. immediately, no, 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 he's going to feud with Seth Rollins, and okay, great, he's going to feud with Seth Rollins. He never won a damn match unless it was a tag team match. But then the thing that pissed me off even more was. The night that Buddy Murphy fought Seth Rollins and Seth lost and then left WWE because Becky was having a baby, obviously. Right. Buddy Murphy, who is a former Cruiserweight champion and a two-time World Tag Team champion, comes to the ring. And SmackDown has those little screens that tell you the people's accolades. Mm-hmm. His only accolade was he is dating Aliyah Mysterio. And I'm thinking, <laughs> really? For fuck's sake, that's the only thing he's got going for him in his career? God. Was she hot? No, she's a. And here's the crack up. She's playing an eight. She's <laughs> twenty one, playing an eighteen year old. And Buddy Murphy's like twenty nine. So it's even more. It's pervy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and then oh, oh wait, Ray Ray doesn't like it. Dominic doesn't like it. No, you can't date him. You can't date him. Hey, wait, he beat Seth Rollins. Oh, you can date my daughter. <sighs> well, maybe at wrestle. Maybe at the next WrestleMania. Chris Hansen will be in their corner. <laughs> hey, buddy, come here and sit down for a second. Hey, buddy, why you got those Zimas in your trunk? <laughs> Zimas. Back Murphy, to the 90s again here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Buddy Murphy is the most amazing fall from grace in WWE. He went from former Cruiserweight champion, two-time world tag team champion, and fiance of Alexa Bliss. Two, we're putting you with a lion Mysterio, buddy. And the worst part is he's fucking fantastic. He is. He is. He is. He is one of those guys, like, in modern wrestling, he's one of those guys that is, like, an old school guy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Aaron. I have, How many I have, you got left? I have three. Damn. Well, you guys took a couple off my list, so that's why my, you know. I have one left. Well, am I going next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> hopefully I don't fuck the whole show up. 
Um, the next angle on my list is the entire WCW feud between Vampiro and Sting. Oof. Bad. Rough. Rough. Bad. It's <laughs> fucking garbage. For one, there was that um, weird time in WCW where Russo got sent home and Kevin Sullivan was booking it and everybody was like talking about how Sting was the or not Sting, sorry, Vampiro is the next star. You know, like Hogan was even putting over Vampiro. Right. Okay. You guys remember that? Yeah. Yep. And Sting and Vampiro were like friends. And then Russo shows back up and all of a sudden they're they're feuding with each other. Yep. And now they're having like graveyard matches and all this shit. Fucking Dale Torborg, who's a goddamn shit stain on the fucking underwear of professional wrestling, because he's not only terrible, but he's dressed as like the worst band ever. Stain <laughs> the fucking Kiss. Um, and, and and they 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 build up at this fucking Human Torch match. And Sting basically gets, dies. Gets set on fire. <laughs> basically and, and dies. And, and when they throw Sting off of the balcony as he's on fire, it's obviously not Sting. And they make Scott Hudson go, I think he's dead. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the commentary booth and, and, and like, like the come like Mark Madden and, and and Tony are trying to talk and fucking Scott Hudson's like Steve Borden's a friend of mine and we just we just watched his murder. It, it, like this whole fucking thing. The sting vampiro or vampire it it's fucking trash. It's awful. The only thing I could say that was worse is when they put him with ICP in the Great Muda, but I agree. <laughs> it's, it's it's bad. Um, Sting being set on fire. Yeah, I think Nate's laughing because of the ridiculousness of the sentence. They put him with the ICP and Great Muda, right? Like Vampiro and the ICP and the Great Muda. <laughs> the Dark Carnival. Muda was like Hugo Savinovich in that situation. He's like, "You got to get me out of here, man." <laughs> But, Look, yeah, this, the the Sting Vampiro angle is just the bloodbath was so bad. I mean, they literally drenched Sting in blood and hung him from the ceiling one night, and just let him dangle with red ooze coming off of him. And it never, it's oh, <sighs> this is what people want to see, bro. Yeah, it's 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 terrible stuff. If you want to watch bad. Just terrible, hokey, bad storytelling angles, and everything they do looks like shit. Watch the Sting Vampiro feud. I agree. For sure. Complete garbage. Am I doing Oh, Archie, oh. do you have more? No, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm out. Archie's out. Aaron, go ahead. Okay, I have two left. I have one. One is a WCW again, and the other one's a WWF again. So, do the WWF. The WWF one is the WWE feud between Ric Flair and Mick Foley. Oh, God. It's terrible. Everybody knows you ate peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah, everybody knows you ate peanut butter sandwiches. These guys are having a feud that's (laughs) that's supposed to be a cave like like that's supposed to be based in wrestling. That's supposed to be a shoot, but it's kayfabe, but it's based on things that Ric Flair and Mick Foley said in their books Books, that are supposed to be shoots. Like this fucking feud (laughs) is all over the goddamn place. Can I tell this actually works. God damn it. This works because the last one on my list and and I'm not trying to scoop your heat because but this will be a whole conversation is my my what I wrote down was worked shoot worked shoot angles. The one that I came up with was Goldberg going off the script. Yeah. And and the reason I say that is because when they did that in WCW what you're doing is you're saying you're trying to tell me and to what Aaron was saying about this being about the autobiography. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're conflating. Everything you just saw is fake or everything yeah. you just saw is real, but this thing's fake. Exactly. Right. He went off the script. Everything else you saw earlier tonight was, was real guys having a real match for real championships. But this part, <laughs> go ahead. Fake. It's fake. And that's what they did with this Foley Flair feud. Like, Foley is trying to say that he's going to really beat up Ric Flair, but he's mad because Ric Flair never let him win in WCW. <laughs> oh, and let's not forget the best thing that was said during the whole feud. Rick Flair said all Rick McFo- all McFoley ever did was bleed and jump off of things. Yeah. Every Rick Flair promo though before that bleeding. <laughs> so pot me kettle, you're black. <laughs> so yeah, that that it it it, it it's two of my favorite people. And, right. and Ric Flair's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's like probably like my A1 or A2, but he's been on like four of my fucking angles. I just realized that. But <laughs> this angle was just terrible. It was. And it, it it's, like I said, it's going back to, I really like how it all came together there. That work shoot thing on your show 
a bad idea. Right. Right. It, it, I mean, you can do it where you can be like the promoter of this company didn't want me to be successful. So he buried me on the, he buried me in the mid card. You know, you, right. you, you right. could do it that way. But you can't you can't write a fucking mid south. You can't write a fucking seven hundred fucking page book of saying this guy fucked me over and wouldn't put me over and just kept writing that I would lose all the time. This seems bad. It's bad. Oh yeah, it was awful. How and, dare you put, not put me over? Now let's fight. <laughs> you guys think he's gonna put me over? <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, Mick, Mick, we 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 went into the meeting and we decided, yeah, you're losing against Claire. Fuck! I thought maybe you'd let me win. I thought maybe you'd let me win this time. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, that that tied into and it kind of knocked it off my list. But the last one I had on there was just the work shoot angle, and and I used the Goldberg thing just as an example because we were doing a top ten. But you know, I'm watching this entire pay per view, which frankly it was the great Great American Bash 2000, so it was hot garbage anyway. But Whoa. I'm watching this whole pay per view, and you're wanting me to suspend disbelief right? that these guys are having real wrestling matches. And then at the end, oh, Goldberg didn't follow the script immediately. Immediately. <laughs> you have, yeah. you have shit on every bit of credibility. This entire thing has ever had. Yeah. Like, okay. I'll put it this way. Like you, you brought up the Goldberg thing and that's right. And I brought up the Foley Ric Flair thing, and that's right, because mm-hmm. I said it, so obviously if, <laughs> if, if, if you want to look at, like, how a work shoot thing should go, um, what you shouldn't do them very much to begin there's, like, two of them, and I'll bring up one of them. Brett, when he pushed down Vince. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That is super believable because he's like, you are trying to tell these people that I'm not the best goddamn person in that locker room, and I am the best goddamn person in that locker. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like and he didn't, push, and he, he, didn't got, push, he got he got screwed over in a realistic aspect of said match, and he didn't push right. Vince down and go, you know, you booked me to lose all this. All these fucking match, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like even even though it was like a broader, even more long term thing, Steve and Vince. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was like, never. Like, it was never. It was never written that it was written. Yeah, right. It was never written that Vince McMahon wrote me out of being the champion. It was that it was written that Vince McMahon, the promoter moved his, he, 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 he orchestrated his puppet strings to get people to do what he wanted them to do to screw me. 
out of the championship. That's why it was so effective that it was The Undertaker. You know, because um, oh, Vince McMahon, with his power, has convinced this guy who really shouldn't have to be able to beckon to anybody to come down here. And, and this isn't how it went down, but I'm just putting it in perspective to come down here and punch me in the face. Not Vince McMahon wrote it that the undertaker was going to come down and punch me in the face. It is so there, there are thin lines you don't cross. And when Tony Schiavone I know I'm going back to mine and not yours, Aaron, but when Tony Schiavone said Goldberg has deviated from the script, script, the word script in wrestling should never be uttered on fucking television, ever. And in defense to Tony Schiavone, he was... No, 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 I I wasn't hating on Tony, I was... He was reading reading the script as he was saying about, talking about... Yeah, talking about the script. (laughs) It's stupid. You the the whole point of professional wrestling is that there's not a script, right? And yeah, I mean, but we're definitely on the same page here. And I think Aaron has one left. I have yes, one yeah. left. I have none left, and I'm done. Okay, well, we're gonna end this on the feud or the angle that ended WCW for me. And Nate, Archie will be able to tell you this, that when we were kids, I was more of a WCW guy, NWA guy. Mm -hmm. And Nate was more WWF. Like, I would love to, like, sit down in, like, 1991 and be like, okay, I'm going to watch me some WCW. You know, I I dug it, and I know that WCW did good shit in like nine from like ninety six to ninety eight. But to me, that's not WCW. To me, WCW is Ric Flair, Lex Luger, Barry Windham, the Steiner Brothers, Doom. To me, that's WCW. I agree. Okay. This is when WCW died, and it is when. The mask came off, and we all found out it was the butcher. (laughs) And Brutus Beefcake butchered his friendship with Hulk Hogan. You know, the bad part about that... goddamn angle ever, and it led to the worst... God damn main event in the history of main events. The fact that Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake main evented a Starcade makes me want to throw up in my fucking mouth. It makes me want to feel like it makes me feel like I ate every goddamn item on a Sonic Burger menu. The, the bad part about that feud is... It will it's the back. only wrestling match that ever gave me bubble gut. Like, <laughs> every time I watch it, I get bubble gut. It's pastrami on Texas toast. <laughs> <laughs> with... Melted with Lindberger. Like, it's... <laughs> 
fucking right. terrible. I'm going to say what I need to say and then I'm done. Um, there were there's a part in that feud before the mask came off. Like with the Black Scorpion where it's not Brutus Beefcake. You could clearly tell it's Arn Anderson under that mask and in the black outfit. And then it ends up being Brutus Beefcake. I have a feeling that Brutus was not always the go-to person, but whatever. Um, the thing oh, that I find... <laughs> it's me, what, Al Perez. What, what do that it's, good? <laughs> it's me, Al Perez Hogan. I'm coming for you, and I'm not losing again. The thing that makes this feud even more pointless and the way that it all went was when Brutus went from being the butcher to the Zodiac to the booty man. And it was, he was the infiltrator of the Dungeon of Doom. So wait, before the Dungeon of Doom was made, Brutus Beefcake went undercover and formed the Dungeon of Doom to take it down from the inside. Not only did he, not only that, but he wound up with the worst, most pointless wrestling name ever. The booty man. No, no, the man with no name, which is a name. name. (sighs) (laughs) And also, if if I was in wrestling and somebody was like um, Ed Leslie brought down the entire infrastructure of your organization, I would look at Kevin Sullivan and be like, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, who told you putting over Brutus Beefcake was the right thing to do? No, no, I would be like, this fucking dolt is the person that ended your fucking operation. <laughs> His boots aren't even on the right feet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. This was the fucking end of WCW for me. As a kid, I can honestly God tell you guys, this was the end of WCW for me. This is when I was like, you know what? <laughs> WWF like twelve year old me was like this is fucking trash because <laughs> they got you back with the NWO they they got me back with it but that still to me wasn't WCW right is right. what I was trying to tell you like it wasn't the same after this it was just it, this fucking butcher Hulk Hogan angle is the worst. Trash that has ever been presented to anybody ever is saying, "Hey, here's wrestling." Like, no, this is fucking garbage. <laughs> like, it's fucking trash. The mat, this match is worse than Hulk Hogan Warrior at the Halloween Havoc. It's worse than that. Um, I'd like to like worse- it to, um. A dumpster fire? No, no. <laughs> All right. There, there there, were a couple of times when WCW totally put the, pulled the wool over my eyes and made me get hyped up for something that it ended up not being what it should have been. This being one of them, when they unmasked Brutus as the masked assailant for Hulk Hogan, I was like, why? Why? 
Um, the Black Scorpion a few years earlier. Again, why was it Ric Flair? Should have been somebody else. They said it was somebody that Sting had never faced before. He faced Flair a hundred times. And one other one. I don't know if you guys remember this, but WCW, I think it was either the Sin pay-per-view or the Greed pay-per-view. It was the pay-per-view that Sid broke his leg on. Yeah, it was Road Warrior Animal. Yeah. For weeks, we, we Rick Flair's going to release a maniac to take out Scott Steiner. And then it's Road Warrior Animal, <laughs> who ends up joining Scott Steiner. And it's like, wait, 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 what? You're still so better than the fucking butcher. Well, my point is, it's like you get a person's hopes up, and then it's like, really? This is okay. Let's turn on WWF and see what they're doing. Gold Dust should have sold the rights. Gold Dust should have sold the rights to Shattered Dreams Productions <laughs> <laughs> to WCW. <laughs> Like when they took that mask off and they were like, it's the butcher. It's like, I would have rather been the baker or the candlestick maker. This is <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> let's, let's reflect on that. Like, what if it would have been Paul Orndorff? Could that have been cool? Yes. Yeah. Anybody. It could have been. It could have been, been, <laughs> been fucking dank. <laughs> And it would have been, hold on. Think of where we were. Could have been Dink. Could have been Pink. Stank. Cheesy, queasy. 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 Hey, Aaron. 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 Kevin Sullivan could have been like... Hulk Hogan, and <laughs> nobody told you it couldn't have been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nate, Nate, this thing is fucking garbage, man. Nate, like every other angle saying, everybody's talked about, other than the uh, like the domestic violence one and the making fun of retarded people, <laughs> I could swing and figure out a way to make it great. <laughs> this one, no, it's terrible. Now, we're saying who it could have been. Nate, think of where we were in this storyline, right? Mm -hmm. It could have been even a returning David Sullivan, who was mentally challenged at the time when he left WCW, coming back because he felt Hulk Hogan took him from his brother. Dave Sullivan. Even Dave Sullivan would have been better than Beefcake. That's why (laughs) Kevin Sullivan went off on Hulk Hogan. You took my brother from me. So now Dave Sullivan could have been like, look, man, I left. I got some Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. <laughs> I bought them Encyclopedias and I got learned. <laughs> and and I Hulk Hogan, you suck. And you've been right. fucking with me. You right. owe me some royalties from that song I sung. <laughs> I'm going to beat you now. Right. <laughs> Would have been better than Brutus Beefcake. The uh, fucking butcher. Guys, listen to what I'm saying. In 1995, Hulk Hogan and Ed Leslie, 94, sorry, 94, Hulk Hogan and Ed Leslie main evented Star King. Yep. (laughs) That would have been like in. 
1991 Hulk Hogan main eventing WrestleMania against Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. In the Sky Dome. There would have been like 12 <laughs> people there. The Warrior is injured. Who are we going to replace him with? Is Ed bet, Leslie doing anything? I bet, I bet Edge wouldn't have been at that one. <laughs> Christ. Hey, Adam Copeland's dad walks in. I got you tickets to WrestleMania. Oh no, you didn't. Aaron. What? That brings up a question to close the show. Brutus Beefcake or the Ultimate Warrior? Ultimate Warrior, Warrior. all day. Warrior all day. Yep. <clears throat> the Ultimate Warrior, at least he sucked. Could cut a promo. Kind of. He could, he could, he could take us on a ride. He never said one dude that could. <laughs> Blood pumping through the veins. Better run you over with the lawnmower. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! What dude that could? Hulk. Hulk. Hogan. <laughs> Like Ed Leslie, I'm gonna get him on the show. I will, I will not be. That'll be the first show. That'll be the first show where I tell you I'm not gonna be on. No, I want. I just. I'm not even and gonna guess be on. What? It. I just I want it to be Aaron be and Beefcake. I won't be on it either. No, seriously. If I ever land Beefcake to be on the show, it's just gonna be him and 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 Aaron. I'm not even going to be on it. You could cut this out if you want, but like it, it would the road be twenty-seven. Work. It would be twenty-seven and a half minutes of me telling him <laughs> why he should put himself in his fucking garage and running. <laughs> so, all right, you guys want to hear I, Nate? You could you could delete this if you want. I probably I won't. care. <laughs> so during the Road Warrior Animal uh, meet and greet, mm-hmm. Missy Leslie. Uh, Brutus's wife came in to watch the live stream. And in the comment section, David Gold and I caught it at the same time because we both texted each other at the exact moment it happened and then busted out laughing. She's in the comments saying, how many of you people would like to see Brutus do a virtual meet and greet in the asylum? Who wants to see Brutus do this? And nobody's saying anything in the comments. The comments are dead. Nobody's even saying, hey, animal, what's going on? Or what dead silent. And then, so me and Gold both texted him, like, she's really trying to get us to do a meet and greet with him. Gold's like, fuck that bitch. She got mad when I donated 50 to Brutus and said, why didn't I do more? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I remember that. You bought Because your husband's a piece of shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so now, so now, the show ends with Animal. Gold's talking to Animal and finishing out with him or whatever. And he gets a DM from Missy Leslie. Hi, I don't know if you know who I am. I'm Missy Leslie. And Brutus would love to do a virtual meet and greet with you guys. And, you know, whenever you're ready to hook him up and, and put him on the schedule. David's like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. I'm the guy who donated 50 bucks to your husband about a year and a half ago when he needed a, Which a wasn't surgery. Enough. And you told me that that wasn't enough and I should be ashamed of myself. And like 30 seconds later, she blocked him. And that was the end of it. What you know? fucking... And I'm like, okay, so she realized that she put her foot in her mouth and can't get him a meet and greet with us. So 
And then I just heard that he was on high spots last week doing one with Greg Valentine and like 20 people watched. (laughs) You know what? I'd, I'd, I'd totally go in on Valentine. Yeah. But if if he brings beefcake on, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Greg Valentine's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I'm just saying, don't ever put me on. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think we're, we're getting beefcake on here anyway, so don't worry about it. All right, Aaron. Fucking trash bag. <laughs> Any parting words for our listeners this yes, week? Yes, trash bag wrestler. <laughs> He's like, if you would take, like, I, I'm trying to think, like, what's, like, the worst food? Oh, the filter fish? <laughs> Yeah, you would take some gavilta fish. <laughs> and kale. And kale. Put them in a blender. Put them in a trash bag. <laughs> and then throw it in and, a blender. And then <laughs> put them in a microwave. <laughs> so you take some gavilta fish and some kale, put it in a trash bag. <laughs> Not even like a good trash bag, like an oldies trash bag. <laughs> Like, it doesn't even have, like, the thing where you don't have to touch the bag. You just pull the fucking thing and tie it. You actually got to, like, grab the four little plastic, like, things and tie it by <laughs> hand. So now you have the gavilta fish. God, what a pain in the tail. ass. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're already a pain in the ass. And it's like you want to strangle it. And then you throw it in the fucking <laughs> microwave and nuke it for, like, 37 minutes. And then throw in the yard (laughs) and forget about it for like a week. Then it rained. And it rained. (laughs) (laughs) And then you go back out and you grab it. And now you're going to throw it in the can. That's Ed Lesson. The Cavelta fish was left out in the rain. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And and then you pee on it. <laughs> I have nothing well, to add after that. There are Aaron's parting words. My parting words to everybody are also, also. Oh God! <laughs> but wait, Merry, there's more. Merry Christmas! Oh yes, Merry Christmas! Merry Happy Christmas, Hanukkah! Everybody. This is our holiday episode, guys. Yes, Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever wait, you wait, celebrate. Wait, wait a wait a second. We used our Christmas episode to talk about Ed Leslie. We did. Jesus Christ. What a gift. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey <laughs> It's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Jesus. It's your birthday. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> that being said... Thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast this week. And in the past few weeks, I have allowed Aaron and Kyle to send us out. This week, I'm going to let Archie have the honors. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for once again joining us here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We want to thank you for your support. We want to thank you for joining us on Facebook and on YouTube um, and wherever you listen to your podcast uh, needs. And if you are not a member of the Facebook group, tell them, Aaron. Why the fuck not? Thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week. And as I say every week on the 
Motley Soup podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Another placement. Aaron's and got also, um, Ed Leslie, if you're listening, I met <laughs> everything I said. <laughs> it's a shoot, bro. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Weekend Wrestle Podcast, and we will see ya!